Hello everyone and welcome to episode 46 of Game Time with Manny. I'm yeah. here as always with Matt. Uh, this is a news week, dude. Yeah. A news two weeks. I, I remember earlier in the week thinking, ooh, light news week. Ooh, boy. <laughs> and then uh, all of a sudden, I feel like this happens a lot. Where it does, where <laughs> I think nothing went on yes. and then I look at the news and it was like, oh shit, that did happen. And then today, just... Today, we've Today had a couple. was pretty fucking wild as well, yeah. Uh, but so, yeah, to start off, I did this at work. I mm -hmm. saw it today. I saw it on Greg Miller, who does kind of funny games. I saw it on his Twitter, his right. PlayStation Year in Review, which you had talked about a couple weeks ago for mm -hmm. Europe. And yes. we never get that cool stuff here in the U.S., but now we do. Yeah, and you had, what, 500 and some hours? Seven. Oh, yeah, 700. 723 or 732 mm -hmm. one of those two numbers that's how many hours i played and so what i don't know is because i play invisible a lot right if it did not count those hours which i was invisible on psn I don't think so i don't think it does because because uh, i had wait i had a lot more hours than i thought i did yeah i don't know because there's one game like I played 972, which I don't think I played much more than that. I feel like I played less than that, and like some because it would also count time that you are in Twitch and YouTube and things are running in the background. I think that's what happened with my most played game. <laughs> okay, what was your most played game? NHL 18. Okay, uh, it was like 200. It was 209 hours total. Okay. My most played game was Monster Hunter World with 140 hours. Cool. And that is also... I My save on that is... I looked today is 210 hours. Hmm. So... I don't know. Yeah, that's. It seems... also there are like disclaimers all over it that says right. like this may be inaccurate and the tracking probably didn't always work, but... I mainly played that game online, so I would have been connected to their server, so it should have known that. Right. But that was my most played, and then tied for second and third, exact hour count, 88 hours, was Dragon Quest Eleven and DJ Max Respect. Nice. Both with 88 hours, yeah. You will never guess what my... My number two was Monster Hunter, but you will never guess what my number three was. <laughs> I Is it Dead Cells now? It, it is Stardew Valley. <laughs> no way! That's dope! I... Oh man, Stardew Valley, I I love it. I love it too. It was a fun game, but yeah. it was only like let me look here. I wrote wrote it down. Yeah, it was I guess I didn't write it down, but I remember it was like 39 hours in Stardew Valley Valley. And I was like I had over 900 hours and I only between my top two games, I only had like 300, so and then when my my 3 it was like 330, so I have like five six hundred hours of i don't know what i was doing <laughs> so one of the things that i think is funny is i had like 700 some odd hours mm -hmm. already in january i have played vesperia for 55 hours in game time that mm -hmm. doesn't count the times i had to reset because i was trying to do stuff and then i failed at it and had to reset right. so that's a large chunk of that amount of time. Yeah. Already. I mean, it broke it down by month. and like It did, yeah. My most played months were January and February. After that, it kind of slowed up a little bit. And... Yeah, but I also, I think it's going to get wild here because I will be playing Kingdom Hearts 3 a yeah. lot. So I will have probably over 100 hours at the very beginning of February already, so I'm already on pace. For 1,200 hours. For, yeah, I'm, I'm in there. <laughs> I'm ready to go. Uh, that's insane. 
what was your um, most plagued day? Did it? Uh, Fridays. Because okay. I had Fridays off for right. most of this year, even when I worked my retail job. So mm-hmm. I, I just stayed that way. Yeah, uh, Fridays and I would, other than that, evenings, mm-hmm. which makes sense. Right. I'm home in the evening. So Yeah, mine was Sunday. Yeah, makes sense. Mm-hmm. Uh, <laughs> the one that made me feel a little bad was the longest like game streak or whatever. 13 hours. I played something for 13 hours straight. Mine which... was nine, and that probably would have been Monster Hunter. I think mine was Monster Hunter as well. Because uh, that first weekend, it came we out. We played a lot, And I dude. played a lot more than you I did. I know, and I, yeah. Because <laughs> I remember you guys went to bed, and I just kept playing. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, I played a lot of Monster Hunter. And what mm. I think is really cool is that it will also probably be one of my most played games for 2019. Because the G rank expansion oh, yeah. comes out in the fall, so that'll be another hundred or so <laughs> hours that I will put into that thing. Yeah. Uh, and yeah, that's cool. I hope yeah, they yeah. keep doing that year after year. I mean, now that they did it once, I think they probably will do it going forwards because mm-hmm. it gives stats on like it said I had played more this year than I did last year. It did, for which me as well. I don't know if that's maybe they're considering last year to be zero because they didn't keep those stats. I don't know. So. Because I I would imagine that last year I mm-hmm. in twenty seventeen I played way more than I did in twenty eighteen. Mm-hmm. Uh, so yeah, I, I don't know, but I I find those kind of stats to be really fascinating, yeah, yeah. which is why the way the Switch does it bums me out sometimes. Because the three DS is like the most mm-hmm. like you can see any f- stat you want, how many times you booted the game, what your average playtime of that specific game was. How many hours? How does it rank right. overall? Like all kinds of crazy shit. And then with the Wii U, they pared that down a little bit, so you could just look at the calendar and see how much mm-hmm. you played on certain days. And now the Switch, it doesn't even show your how long you've played until after two weeks, I think. Okay. Yeah. And then it says about how much you've played. So like it still gives a list of that stuff, right. but not like that minute detail that the other ones. It had. does if you download the app. Oh, the parental, parental yeah, controls app. Because okay. then it tells you like specifically how many hours your quote-unquote kid played. No, oh, yes, my child <laughs> yes. playing my Switch. Because uh-huh. I, I, I have mine linked because of my cousin. and I had like 12 hours that first day in Pokemon. <laughs> <laughs> I, Pokemon, I think I played like 25, 30 hours or something. But that, mm-hmm. yeah, so I, I was trying to think that maybe I played the Switch a lot more this year. And I think if you added in the playtime of the Switch and what I've been playing on PC recently, it would have been well over a thousand hours. Oh my god! Because I, mean, I I played Z- most of Xenoblade, which is my most played Switch game, which is one hundred twenty some you think hours. Just a thousand? Oh, I don't know. I Xenoblade, I played over a hundred hours. Mm-hmm. Hyrule Warriors, I played eighty hours. Smash, I played eighty hours. Like it just you know it keeps going up. I think it would be uh, if I saw the true number. Of how many hours I played video games, I would probably have to take stock of my life and find out what's happening. Yeah, because I did it for the Xbox, you remember? Oh, and I yeah. had like five, six hundred, and then I have <laughs> nine hundred here. So just those two alone, I have like oh, almost, yeah. like over fifteen hundred. So <laughs> yeah, time, time well spent. I mean, I I think so. <laughs> I enjoy it, but it's yeah, it makes you really think. Yeah, but yeah. also, I was looking at some forum posts about hours people had played. Mm-hmm. I we are light, my oh, friend. Yeah, yeah. We are taking it light. Which we have full time jobs, so yeah. So it's like mm-hmm. working forty hours a week. Yeah, yeah. I still manage to be able to put in that much time right so you know yeah 
And that was even with me taking, like, large breaks from doing it. Like, there was, for most of July and August, it said that I had, like, not even really booted my PS4. Right. So that's, that's interesting. Yeah. Uh, yeah, so I, I hope they continue to do that. I, anything with stats like that, I am, like, a huge nerd for. I oh, think yeah. It's, I, I think it's, it's super just, dope. It's just fun to yeah. see, like, wow, I uh, I didn't expect I NHL. I did some stuff. I did not expect NHL to be, <laughs> like, three, four times oh, as, as much. Soon as soon as I saw that, I was like, man, I can't wait to see Monster Hunter up here. <laughs> just, holy shit. I, that's what I was expecting. I mean, like, we the last podcast we talked about, like, my most played game. Yeah. And I was like, it's got to be Monster Hunter. Yeah, and, like, no... I was wrong about that. And so next on our list here, we have that uh, the Epic Game Store is going to give a free game away every two weeks. Yeah, well, yeah, they've been doing it the yeah, last couple have, weeks. Yeah. They did the what what remains of Edith Finch. Finch, yeah, and now they're doing and the uh, Jackbox Jack Party. Yeah, Jackbox Party Pack, which is cool to have uh, just yeah. for free to download. Yeah, I mean, I just, I just wanted this to be a little PSA too, you know, like. Yeah, I would download the Epic Store and just, like, have it just for these free games. I mean, like, it's smart because everyone keeps saying, like, I don't want this. Steam is, like, pro-user-friendly. Everyone else sucks, and it's, like... Okay, Steam is not user-friendly. That's what people think, I am very against that statement. Steam is, like, one of the least user-friendly things I've ever seen. But, like... But... But you... I mean, that's why people complain, and it's, like... You know, maybe maybe give these guys a try. They're they're doing some good things. The over there. only reason that I have not downloaded the Epic Store yet is because I'm trying so right. hard not to buy Hades. Mm. And I know as soon as I hit the download button, I will buy that game, and mm. then it will suck me in. And I don't. I'm trying so hard <laughs> right. to not play it when it's in early access because I want to play it as a full release. Mm. The other day they just did some huge update. They did, yeah. <sighs> I've been keeping an eye on it. I, I, I almost the, bought it. I love super giant games, man, and that's. that's mm-hmm. what I want. And I got to figure out who that Spanish guy is that made an epic account with my email address. I don't look forward to that. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, that's cool. And then, speaking of sort of semi-related to Fortnite and Epic, they were oh, being yeah. sued by uh, Carlton himself. And the Floss Kid. I can't... What the hell is Carlton's name? Alberto... Yeah. Something. He. They were upset that they were using their, their dances. And, but... Uh, and then we discussed this a couple weeks ago. We did, or yeah. maybe a month ago. Because I, I was asking, like, do you think Forza is going to take, take these dances out? Because, like... <laughs> Chances are Carlton and this floss kid just don't know that the, these dances are also in Forza. I know, and so they removed them. Yes, which <laughs> they're like get get rid of this before before it becomes an, an, an issue. issue yeah, yeah, which is cool, I guess. I mean, I was I was not using either of these dances no. when I was dancing on top of my car in Forza. I was doing the Running Man, right? So I didn't need these mm. two dances. They can be removed. Yeah, I mean, like, I, it's understandable why. It is, but also I think the Carlton case was, like, dropped or something oh, because they were both... there were there was a video that he admitted that he had appropriated the dance from somewhere else already with no credit. Yes. So that's shitty. Mm-hmm. I do still think 2 Millie, I think he's going to get that settlement. I think they're going to settle with him because his dance is new mm-hmm. enough and he did it. The sad thing is, like, if Fortnite didn't take off, no one would. Oh, care. no one would give a shit about this. And I mean that—that's what happens with a lot of lawsuits, yeah, yeah, right? Yeah. And it just is strange to see. That's why I find it interesting that Forza even mm-hmm. bothered to remove it because they are—it's a racing game that's an Xbox exclusive and mm-hmm. also on PC now. But 
they are in just a totally different echelon right. than how huge Fortnite has become. And, like, I personally think that no one would have ever sued Forza for this because... They're not making any money They're not making of that amount of money off of that. Yeah, right. It's, where, where I think it does get a little fishy, or little... I don't know the exact phrase I want to use, but, like, a little... It's a little different when they're... I think they sell specific money, you know, spells... For emotes and stuff like that. Well, for yeah. these specific dances. Yeah. Where Forza's, like, you can't really make the argument that they're making money no, off you these just, dances. Yeah, you, they... I mean, unless you consider it to be, like, a very small portion of the $60 <laughs> you would spend on Forza. Right, right. I mean, uh, no one's buying Forza for... For the Carlton? Yeah, no, I was... Yeah, I don't think so. <laughs> So I, I I just thought that was kind of like an interesting thing where, you know, Forza. It's probably Microsoft. or like, you know, get rid get, of this. Get this out of there. Yeah. Because Microsoft has some money. So, like, if anybody got a whiff of it, they may go after Microsoft. So. And so that news one, I could see where it was coming from. The next one, I read this and I was not surprised. But I no. also was like, what the fuck is happening? So, in case you may not know this, EA... Very large publisher. They publish all kinds of stuff. Battlefield mainly. Uh, developer as well. I mean, yeah, I mean, like EA is a publisher. They are. Developer. They have been around forever. Mm-hmm. And so they got the Star Wars license. How long ago was it? Six, seven years ago now. Yeah, six, seven years ago. I think that they got the license. And so you would think that because LucasArts stopped being a publisher when they got Ooh. bought by Disney, they which it's kind of weird because LucasArts was what bought out 2015 something 2016. like that yeah. so like this was already in place before they were bought out yeah and they were pumping out star wars games like yeah. nobody's business over there it didn't mm-hmm. matter if they were good some of them were but some of them were very also bad right and so you would think the ea would use the star wars license in a positive way like it, mm-hmm. it doesn't even matter what it is they could pump it out and people would buy it it's a star wars property right so what the fuck is going on over there that they cannot do it? They've done Anything what, Anything that has Star Wars should print money. They did Battlefront. Or, and Battlefront 2. And Battlefront 2. Battlefront 1 came out, and as I expected it to be, I did not enjoy it that much, but I did buy it to try it. It was just Battlefield, but with a Star Wars skin. So it's a first-person mm-hmm. shooter with blasters, okay? Great. I knew it was going to be that. I knew it wasn't going to be like the old Battlefront games on PS2, which are more like third person, like, I guess they are kind of like Battlefield, but more in third person, and they have vehicles and all that kind of stuff. Anyway, I love those Battlefront right. 1 and 2, the originals on PS2 and PC. Dope. I I can't grasp what the fuck happened here, because Battlefront 1 came out, and people were like, oh, well, there's not that much content, but like the next one will be fine. Mm-hmm. Battlefront 2 comes along. The most controversy I had seen from a video game in forever, the way they did the loot boxes, the progression, they were getting railed. In fairness, so railed game, on. That game seemed like it was decent. It did. It's but it also seemed like it was Battlefront again. Right. right. I mean Which, like, I mean but also that happens with Battlefield too. Yeah. It just usually it's not as obvious because it's a different setting. Which they did they did they made a story. Maybe it wasn't a great story, but they did like they, they did took that, complaints. Yeah, they got a Janina, I can't say her last name. Uh, but the, they, the they, girl who played Shiva. Yes, in, f- from the league. From the league. They, so they got her like an, an actual actress that right. people know, and she is into video games, and they did that whole story. But that, you would have thought I, that they had learned some sort of lesson from that. And I guess 
I think they, the developers they did, did. I think Dice did learn the yes. lesson. Yes. So the loot box thing, whatever. Right. EA is a publisher. Something is going on there because they have Respawn, the people that make Titanfall, another first-person shooter. They are making a Star Wars game. They have shown nothing about it other than the name, which is some the fallen Jedi Order. Remember that E3 conference? That shit was wild, dude. <laughs> that Fucking, guy did not look like he wanted yeah, to be Yeah, someone goes up to the head of Respawn and says... Hey, what's happening with your game? Ha ha ha. And then he had no fucking idea they were going to come talk to him. And then he was just like, yeah, our game exists. It will come out. But the other game, the one that we will get to now, that is this news article, was being developed by Visceral, who mm-hmm. was a studio owned by EA. They were most known for making Dead Space 1, 2, and 3. Right. Beloved developer. People love Dead Space. So they're going to get to make a Star Wars game. Mm-hmm. That's sick. Right. What did we determine a minute ago? 2015 they announced this game? 2014. No, 2013. 2013. They and then this, like a they, year later, they were like, hey, we brought Amy Hennig. Who was one of the lead story writers on the Uncharted franchise. So basically, and, this is going to be Uncharted Star Wars. And yeah, people so a very, like, a very narrative-focused Star Wars yeah. game that's probably a shooter being made by Visceral. All of these things sound mm-hmm. great, in theory. So then you keep, time keeps going on, and you don't see anything. E3 press conference after E3 press conference goes by. They don't show you jack shit. Right. I think the most they did was have Amy Hennig kind of loosely talk about what it was going to be mm-hmm. and show some concept art. And I knew after that second or third E3 when they showed concept art that this game was having a serious problem. That right. It was not going well. And so then... What was it, last year or the year before? It was twenty. It was late 2017. Late 2017, they announced that, hey, you know how Visceral's making that Star Wars game? We're, Visceral's gone. They're all fired. Everybody's gone. We are no longer making the game that we said we were. Right. It will now be transitioning from a narrative-based game to something that they didn't say was like Destiny, but they kind of implied that it would be a more open-world Destiny-type game. They really messed up the marketing of it. Because remember, they were like, we don't really see a future in single-player games. They did say we really don't see... I remember... I It was insane. And the internet just... Broke because down. they were saying that yes, we don't really see a future in these single player narrative focused mm-hmm. games. We don't think that is where the industry is moving going forwards. Right. We have lived through 2018, man. The Spider Man, God of War, like it's fucking single player games are bigger now than right. they have ever been. So that statement, even then, was insane to say. But then they also were trying to say that they are going to take assets from this single player narrative driven right. game and repurpose them for this Destiny-type game, while also kind of just, like, throwing Visceral out, firing all of those people from that studio. Did they fire them, or did they just kind of move them? I think I think most of them were fired. Okay, because I thought they were all just kind of moved around. I don't know that okay. that was the case. Um, so then they are developing this game in theory. In t- it was, re- what, a couple days ago? Uh, last, last week. Last week. They announced that that game is no longer being made at all. Right. So we go from 2013 to 2019. Six years of development, in theory. Five, if you want to be super generous. And we have nothing. We've never seen a screenshot. 
We've never seen gameplay. We don't know what it was supposed to be originally. Six years, and this game is gone. Fucking Star Wars 1313, which was mm-hmm. also supposed to be a similar narrative-driven game, but more about, like, bounty hunters. I actually, I think that might have been a development at LucasArts when they that was, shut down. That was LucasArts. And that was... There was gameplay of that. That yeah. exists. You can go look that up. That shit still looks good today. Yeah. And I wish that game had come out. But I find it to be baffling from a developer the size of EA mm-hmm. that they could have mismanaged this game that poorly that we still have no gameplay, no nothing, no anything, and they fucking canceled it. I, I, you have Going by what they said about this, I will say in their defense, and I, defenses in quotations... They said that this the development was going to take longer than they wanted. Uh-huh. And they Cuz want- it already did. 6 exactly, years yes. is a long dev cycle. They wanted to start something that they can crank out in a couple years. Okay, but like that it, and sure, from EA, a publicly traded company, I see where I, you're coming I, I I understand that from that point, but like also you already put 6 uh, years of development time into this game. You, you, like, what do you think? Then the three-year development cycle minimum for this thing? Two? Two, three, you want to get yeah. generous? That's eight fucking years that you have had this thing that nothing came out of. Yeah, I, uh, I, I will say EA has the resources. If they wanted to crank out a Star Wars game, I, I think they could do it in two years. I agree with that, but it just... I, uh, what are they doing in the last, what, we said six, seven years, they have two Star Wars games and that's it? That's it. So, like, I... And it is, it's, it's even crazy. more baffling it to is. me because Disney did not seem super psyched about what happened with Battlefront 2. I still I still think Disney knew all along what was going on there. And then they tried to play it off like, I, I oh mean, no. You can't tell me Disney, their Star Wars, this billion dollar franchise or multi-trillion dollar franchise or whatever, and they knew nothing about what was going on with this. I, I don't I, know, dude. I, a lot of those types of places, like you fucking think Marvel knew what was going on when people were cranking out the world's shittiest Marvel games in the but mid- early 2000s? I would argue that Marvel at that time... They were just happy to get anything out the door. I guess, but like I think, I think today, that this is one of those scenarios where Disney said, "Hey, man, you guys have made Star Wars games in the past. Here mm-hmm. is this license. Go to town." Mm-hmm. And it then they don't care. I don't think they look until the thing comes out and mm, is maybe. besmirching the name of their mm. franchise. Because there was talks that they were like, "You can have." Uh, microtransactions, but no cosmetic ones. Yes. That was a rumor. And that was, yeah, they claimed that Battlefront 2 was supposed to that's, have all yes. kinds of cosmetics, and that's one of the reasons why they had to mm-hmm. find the money other places. Right. But that still doesn't excuse how this game still right, right. nothing. Yeah. Like, so some day, is... someday someone will write the world's most interesting book about what the actual fuck happened with this. Maybe Amy Hennig will. <laughs> Where she is good. She now? is good at narratives. I don't know where she's working. It was at Ubisoft. Yeah, she. It remember. was just announced, like yeah, very recently. Yeah, that and she's she. Now working I, the games else. that she's worked on as the narrative lead have been good stories, in my opinion. So, I just uh, EA is so huge. Like it doesn't make sense to me. It is baffling. Yeah. Uh. It, so yeah, I, it's uh, this is just a crazy, crazy. I get why people are upset because like Star Wars even before Star Wars before EA there was a Star Wars game every year 
every year there was a Star Wars game that came out. And then EA t- takes over and like they have Battlefront 1 and 2 or you can play the Lego Star Wars game. And what I don't get about it is it's not like they even have to f- tie in with the movies or anything. Like Knights of the Old Republic, when Bioware developed that, it proved that it doesn't have to have anything to do right. with the current Star Wars universe. You can have it be anything. Mm-hmm. Those games take place thousands of years before the Star Wars movies do in theory. And there's some of the my favorite games still. Like I love Knights of the Old Republic. I will always remember that you can make a good Star Wars game. It's just a fucking sci-fi universe. Right. Just make it. Whatever. Make your own interesting characters. It doesn't actually have to tie into anything. It seems crazy that this would come out this way. Would you want Bioware to make a Knights of the... I don't want Bioware to make anything that I care about anymore. Because like everyone's like, oh, Bioware should just make a Knights of the Old Republic. And yeah, it's like, but fucking... You guys realize that they made those games 20 years ago... You're going to tell me the same developers that worked on that game are still working at Bioware? And But Bioware also already did this transition, right? They made Knights of the Old Republic 1, and right. then Obsidian made Knights of the Old Republic 2, because right. Bioware's working on something else. But they did those games, and they did them well. They learned character development and all that stuff that they had sort of started with Jade Empire, and then, then they got bought by EA mm-hmm. sometime after Mass Effect 1 came out. Right. But they... After making Knights of the Old Republic, they made that Mass Effect trilogy, which is basically, in my opinion, the closest thing to video game Star Wars universe. Like, it is a super well-developed universe and well-established, just like Star Wars. It has all this stuff. They already did that. Like, they don't need to make another one, but also, you're right, Bioware does not have those people anymore. And now that they got bought by EA, Mm -hmm. I have zero faith in the way that they manage their developers as a publisher because it ends up happening all the time. Right. Companies like Visceral get bought, and then they, in theory, make one good game or something, and then they mismanage them into the ground. It happens almost every single time the EA buys Mm -hmm. a developer, and I don't get it. Because they have resources, they have everything going on, and yeah. they somehow still manage to squander it at every opportunity. Yeah, I mean, they, I, I would be happy if EA just said, you know what, we're just going to make our sports franchises. Because all they, all they need to do is just make FIFA, and they will make enough money to be Yeah, happy. it's one of the highest selling things that they produce it is the highest selling thing they produce it's, by a wide margin because then, soccer is popular worldwide but like and then the microtransactions it's probably the most profitable game in all of video games and i just i don't ea frustrates me to no end i don't think that i have enjoyed a triple a ea release mm. in uh, since mass effect 3 came out to be honest with you because fucking andromeda was a wild piece of garbage yeah and, you and i mean that's and that's that bi- them managing bioware as poorly as humanly possible did they have bioware when drag dragon, dragon age, age origins two? two origins and two i think okay because you were if you really look at bioware their last six games you would probably say you liked what three of them yeah probably because you didn't like Dragon Age I didn't like Dragon Age Inquisition. I did not like Andromeda. Andromeda. And you didn't like Dragon Age 2. Yeah. So And uh, even Mass Effect 1, it like it's it's their first one. And 3, you were probably very disappointed in the ending. The so. ending, but I liked the whole yeah, game yeah. as a whole. Yeah. It just... Like, Bioware has been... Yes, and it is, it is after EA bought them that mm-hmm. they... Just something goes on. And yeah. I... 
it maybe they just didn't have the creative freedom or whatever they used to have when they were more independent it just is a wild phenomenon because i feel like it happens to ea all the time Mm -hmm. it doesn't happen to activision very often and they're a publisher of the same echelon Mm -hmm. and it doesn't happen to them and I, i don't get it like how can I mean Activision also fucking owns Blizzard now? Which, so I mean I they let Blizzard and they let Blizzard do what they want because they know that they are good at it and they can do it. Right. Which Blizzard's an interesting company I've always thought about because like people freak out about like EA saying stuff about single player games. Blizzard does not make single player games. They have zero interest in doing it. And yet the internet is okay with that. I've always found that kind of a little strange. They also are okay with them making like four games and supporting them until time is over. Yeah, and never making a new one. I mean, like Overwatch was like their first like new IP in like what, like 20 years or something like that. Yeah, I mean, I guess they had done Hearthstone more recently. But I mean, that is using the Warcraft franchise. Yeah, that's why I said IP. Yeah. Yeah. All right. I can't talk about this anymore. EA makes me so sad. So, on a lighter news, Mortal Kombat 11, yes. they had their uh, reveal stream. Mm-hmm. Um, it looks like Mortal Kombat. It looks like some <laughs> Mortal Kombat. And you know what? I say this every time. I think that Injustice is making them more violent. I think they, like... I think and, they save up their violent yeah, yeah. gore energy because they can't do that to Batman and Superman. And then they let it rip with Scorpion on Raiden mm-hmm. and, like... Just the fatalities, the way the finishing moves work, like fucking spears are getting stabbed through eyeballs, people's faces are getting punched off, spines are being ripped out, Mm -hmm. but it is... Dude, uh, people worry about how violence affects people. Mortal Kombat is like the poster child of that it was before i mean it was one of the reasons why video games have ratings now is doom and mortal Kombat. right but this is like mortal Kombat. what the level of violence in mortal Kombat 11 looks like is what i would say old people think of when they think of like all those violent video (laughs) games and like fucking the new guy i can't think of his name his finishing move where he punches the back of their head in their face and their brain come out. Oh, like, what is what? What is going on? But I will say, outside of that, mm-hmm. the main thing, the interesting, it's not even interesting, I thought this was kind of stupid, is that Ronda Rousey, who is in the WWE now, famous right. MMA fighter, is portraying Sonya Blade. I hate, I've always hated Sonya as a character. I never mm. enjoyed playing her. I never thought she was cool. Uh, and so she is voicing Sonya and mm. doing the mocap for some of it, I assume. That is, like, the least interesting part of that stream to me, but they trotted her out on stage in what was the world's worst leather outfit I've ever seen. And, uh, they, it was wild. Yeah. They had a taped interview of her to then bring her out on stage and have an in-person live interview. And it was very awkward, and, like, she seemed kind of uncomfortable which you wouldn't think that she would seem that way because she like performs in front of a live audience like every week it's very strange uh but other than that this game looks awesome yeah the the whole customization i think they've they've nailed the customization yeah so they took the customization from uncharted injustice 2 which was their previous fighting game that they now alternate with it's where the dc characters fight each other 
uh, and they took that and put it into Mortal Kombat, which they and did so a better is, job. I think they did. Do, it looks a lot cooler and better, and I it looks easier to manage. Yes, and so the thing that I think is interesting is it looks like regular Mortal Kombat right. fighting, except that they stole Rage Arts from Tekken Seven. Mm-hmm. So before the super moves in Mortal Kombat were you would hold both triggers and yes. do an X-ray move if you had enough meter. Now you can only do the super move if you are in red health, which mm. in most fighting games, your health bar will glow red and you have what is called rage right. and you do more damage. And so in Tekken 7, they added this. Tekken had never had supers until Tekken 7 a couple years ago. And you can do a super at that time mm-hmm. and your rage goes away when you use it. That is in Mortal Kombat. That is exactly what they replace these with. Mm-hmm. And I think that's crazy. I think Because it is so blatant that it is the yeah, exact yeah. same mechanic. I think they look at the scene and they're like, well, nobody uses them. Because like, I think they follow the competitive scene some. No one uses No one was using x-rays because no. you would use them for EX moves. E- EX Instead, moves and you would to, uh, to kind of push them away. Yeah, combo breaker type stuff. Yeah. Uh, so like... There, for Mortal Kombat, the meter is much more important for, you know... It is, and now I didn't watch the pro exhibitions, so mm-hmm. I still don't fully get how it works, but they have two meters now, one for attack and one for defense. Yes. And when you use uh, offensive or defensive options, those bars go down. Right. So I don't think that you can keep doing the same things over and over right, right. which is good for viewers from a competitive standpoint because it's just not people spamming the same strategies over and over right have to kind of mix it up and it's probably also a way to keep combos at a certain length so that they don't get too unwieldy but typically will figure out some crazy shit to break it typically with mortal Kombat, the the as the percentage goes up, the characters fall faster. Yeah. So it kind of just hits a point where it's just like it's, they're falling. Diminishing just, returns and yeah. the way damage scaling works and all no, that No, I stuff. mean, they literally are falling Oh, no, I, to they the usually ground. do. Because, yeah. like, that's to stop infinites now. Yeah, but. yeah. Because, yeah, like, Mortal Kombat, it's more about juggling rather than, like, com- traditional combos. Mm-hmm. So. Um, and so the characters that they showed, Scorpion, Sub-Zero, Sonya, mm-hmm. uh, shit, Scarlet. Mm-hmm. Raiden and the new guy whose name right. I cannot yeah. remember. I feel so bad. He is like a weird time god man mm-hmm. and he is big and he seems very cool. Uh and so those are the characters they showed, but they also showed a story trailer right. in which Shinnok uh and Liu Kang were there. Also Ronda Rousey may have accidentally said that Kano is in the game on the live stream. Mm-hmm. So I believe that's true, and they teased Cabal. At the end of the trailer. Oh, Baraka was also mm. shown and announced. Um, so, yeah, it seems so far like they have a new character, and he seems right. like a cool new character. I they, think you have to. They kept Scarlet, who was new to the last game, mm-hmm. as a DLC character. Um, actually, she might have been a DLC character in MK9. I don't remember. MK9 was weird because it was during the PlayStation outage for a yeah, bunch of months. Yeah, they got... I think they got screwed over. They did. That. I forgot a lot about that game because of that. Uh... But yeah, I think they are getting rid of a lot of the characters they made new mm. in 10, the Mortal Kombat children, the combat kids. So like, I bet that Sonya and Johnny Cage's daughter Cassie is not in it. I bet Jax's daughter is not in it. I bet Liu Kang's nephew is not in it. Oh, yeah. Takeda. Was... Oh, Takeda, yes. Uh, I'm trying to think of the bow guy. The bow guy. I can't think of his name either. I I, that's the one I use the most. I... Yeah, I hated him. hopefully he's not returning uh but yeah it looks like a mortal Kombat game and i think that them 
wait holding off to announce it and then it mortal Kombat always almost always releases in april mm-hmm. april or may usually uh every two years almost every and, four Another uh, well, four, four, i forgot yeah because of another injustice yeah. another realms every two years and they kind of which i think it works out perfectly i think every four years to kind of like it allows them to kind of spice it up enough. It does, and they actually like get to change the mm-hmm. mechanics of it, which a lot of developers don't get to do right. when they are that size. I feel like they have Warner, to just keep going. Warner Brothers bought that studio, and, and they just... they knew that they had it was mm-hmm. one of those popular video game franchises. Yeah, because that was THQ, right? It was Midway. Midway, yeah, Midway, and that was like probably Midway's best yeah but like also it made sense for warner brothers to buy it because mortal Kombat is also one of the video game franchises outside of like mario Mm -hmm. that is one of the most recognizable brands just to the average consumer i mean it 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 sells the best among all fighting games it does for sure um even though i personally don't like it the best they are very good for single player content so like even though i suck at fighting games and i'm not gonna go pro Mm -hmm. at this I will be able to play the single-player campaign, and there will be a lot of cool, unlockable stuff for me to do. And a decent story. Personally, yeah, and a decently told story. Which is... Rare in fighting games. (laughs) The only... I mean, like, (laughs) Smash had a good single-player stuff, but the story... The story of it was non-existent, yeah. So Mortal Kombat tells Mm -hmm. a decent story. And And it's not so long that it gets no it's like overdone. four usually four or five hours right. if that um and it, it's just cool the mm-hmm. nether realm does very good single player content yes. for fighting games which mm-hmm. doesn't exist outside of that no. space um, which they have a much more casual fan base than like for sure yeah. tekken or street fighter but the i i always get excited when new fighting games comes out come out because watching them competitively yeah, especially yeah. in the beginning i think is super it's fun fascinating, to yeah. see who like shakes out as like the best character mm-hmm. and then you realize two weeks later that they suck and everyone figured out how to counter them mm-hmm. and it i i find it to be fascinating so it, it's cool that'll mm-hmm. be out in april uh yeah. and the short announcement time the, sh- the short span between announcement to release I think makes it more hype usually yeah, because you have less time from things being shown to getting it in your hands that there is not enough time mm-hmm. to get super disappointed right. and like overblow your expectations. I, we've said this before, but I think more games should be on that short announcement yeah, yeah. to release cycle because it just, it sucks when you, a game is announced and then oops, five year dev cycle. What's up? And then or five like years the later, thing that happens in our next story happens. Fuck me. <laughs> okay so but, i like going back to just sticking with Mortal Kombat a little <sighs> bit more it's coming out in april right yeah evo is what sometime in june yeah now? it'll be there i'm just saying like i think that'll be kind of exciting oh like, it will be yeah it'll be within the first couple months like it'll it'll still be kind of fresh and i think i think it that's always kind of exciting as well like evo is the big stage mm-hmm. and then just like having this new game that'll be i think it'll be f- still fun to watch at that point so yeah Oh, Shao Kahn is a character also, but he's the pre-order bonus, and they did not show him, and I hate that, because they did that with Goro in the last one, Mm. and it's like, I get it, you want these boss characters to be like your cool pre-order bonus, don't do that. Don't make a playable character a fucking pre-order bonus. That is like one of my main things that I cannot stand. That's gotta be more Warner Brothers, I feel Probably, but that shit sucks. I've never liked that, because it's just like, then if people didn't pre-order it, they gotta pay the six bucks to be able to train against Goro or Shao Kahn or whoever Mm -hmm. it is, and it is lame. Like, at least in other games, like, it's like some dumb cosmetic thing that doesn't matter at all to gameplay, so it's Mm -hmm. like, who cares? 
but th- that's a bummer. Like I will, I pre-ordered Mortal Kombat anyways. Mm, right, right. But you know, not everyone's gonna do that, and I that practice yes. has been going away in like recent years. But uh, the last one was real that Blaze Blue Cross. Oh, we can't talk about Blaze Blue <laughs> Cross tag. That yeah, that had like some really heinous where it was like a hundred dollars with all the yeah the day at, one at DLC. Launch, yeah, a hundred dollars if you wanted all the characters. For that. They had to re. They re-bath. had they did. People lost their shit and they had to change their price tag. Which before we move on to the next one, sorry because I. I know you're excited. Ugh, I can't. It's <laughs> it's wild. Did you see that uh, they're making a really bad Power Rangers fighting game? Yes. So and uh, Justin do you want Wong. Me, do you is... want me to give you some context on this? Justin Wong's like working on it. Yes. So okay. I, like, I there is a Power Rangers mobile game that is is it? It mobile? is a fighting game. It is a mobile game. Oh, I've, okay. I've played it. I played it a lot. It is because it looks bad. It is a mobile fighting game that you. I can't. It's called like. Power Rangers. I can't remember. The new one is called the one that is coming out is called Battle for the Grid. Okay, yes. Because that's... that is what the most recent arc in the comics has been. Okay. I am a huge Power Ranger nerd. Right. But right. Uh, that's why I wanted to bring this yeah. up. Yeah. So I saw this trailer. Matt, I can't fuck with you on this. <laughs> they are literally the same models from this phone oh, game. Okay. No exaggeration. Exact same models, and they have the same stilted motion. Mm-hmm. And so I saw this trailer, and I was like, I'm a sucker. I'm going to buy this Power Rangers fighting <laughs> game because I love Power Rangers, right? Right. And I would love for them to make good Power Rangers games. So you got to support them in order for them to do that. <laughs> this game does not look like that. And so no. I immediately was like, this looks like one of the world's worst fighting games. It has Power Rangers from all eras, the, from Mighty Morph until now. And then Justin Wong, one of the best fighting game players on this earth in probably history of fighting games tweets though. out that he is working hopes on the that you're all excited and he's working on the balance for this game and that it's pretty sick and like listen man <laughs> if i was working on a video game and i was getting paid to work on it i would also tweet out that it was super sick it looks so i don't so bad i don't think he ever said it looks sick i think he what he said was let me know what my balance skills how my balance okay are. well you know what i will let him know because i will <laughs> I, be one of the seven people on this planet that buys this power rangers fighting i don't game. think it's gonna be a 60 dollar product it's not i looked it up it's it is 20 20 something yeah yeah uh which i mean like, don't worry i'll let i'll be able to tell you about it when it comes out i think that also comes out in april mm-hmm. so obviously direct competition with mortal kombat 10 <laughs> same caliber of release both fighting games you're gonna spend uh, eighty dollars on fighting games. Maybe, in April. maybe it'll be so good that they voted into Evo. I don't know. It we'll see how it pans out. But that trailer, mm-hmm. not what I would release and say like, "Are you guys excited about a Power Rangers fighting <laughs> game?" And then expect a good response. I did not see any responses other than mine mm-hmm. and Justin's tweet, but it is a game that will be released this could, year could justin Wong compete with that game since he's technically i think that would be it? against the law uh he should not compete in it regardless mm-hmm. of whether or not he worked on it because it looks bad <laughs> uh and i don't think that it will be uh yeah but competitive no, in any way no. now there will not be a big enough scene to mm-hmm. have a competition unless I... you want to have a tournament at my house with maybe three people you as a joke you willie and i yeah that's and, it and, and no we'll, one is invited because no don't, one else would come we don't have to have that tournament 
we can just give it to Willie no, now? No, I will become the master. <laughs> Me and Willie can just have a scrimmage. Because that's like a 2v2 or 3v3. That in the reason that that is is because in the mobile game, you have to call in assist characters to extend your combos. It is. It looks just like the mobile game. It doesn't it, look good. No. And so I just wanted he- to bring that up. We are here now at this story that came out earlier today. I went on YouTube to look at something, mm-hmm. and I thought that this was fake. Metroid Prime 4, one of Nintendo's main franchises, Metroid. Everybody loves Samus. They know who she is. They announced Metroid Prime 4 last E3. Which... Or no, two E3s ago. No, it was last E3. They just uh, had a... Well, they just had a symbol, at least. I thought there. it was two E3s ago that they had this JPEG. Everyone... They at least had the same thing again this okay, year. Okay, well, either this past year or the year before, they announced that they were making Metroid Prime 4 on the Switch. Everybody gets excited. There hasn't been a new 3D Metroid game since Metroid Prime 3 on the Wii, and it was not great. But Metroid Prime 1 and 2 were made by Retro Studios. Right. They are an excellent developer that Nintendo purchased. They have recently been making Donkey, uh, Kong. Donkey Kong Country Returns and Donkey Kong Country Return Tropical Freeze as returns in there. Donkey Kong Country Tropical Freeze, whatever. Two excellent Donkey Kong platformers. Mm-hmm. My thing was they made two Metroid Prime games. They made two Donkey Kong games. They should make something else. And so when they announced Metroid Prime 4, I was like, oh, well, Retro's probably working on it. We'll see. They were not. They mm. said they were not working on it. And so this is an internal Nintendo studio that was making Metroid Prime 4, and we had seen no development mm. of this. We had we had seen no anything other no. than a JPEG that said Metroid Prime 4. Get hype about it. And people did. And I did as well. Um, even though I am not the world's biggest Metroid Prime fan, I would like for them to continue making these. They need mm-hmm. to diversify and have as many different franchises on the Switch as yeah, they can. Yeah, at least this is a different genre yeah it's a first person shooter yeah, which i mean this is the only first person shooter they have and so. so today there is a video of the lead director of metroid prime 4 bowing to the camera and saying multiple times that he is sorry but they are restarting development on metroid prime 4 it was not meeting their quality expectations mm-hmm. it was rough and they have decided to Contact Retro, the original developers of Metroid Prime here in the U.S., ask them for their help developing the game, and now Metroid Prime 4 is being developed in conjunction with Retro, and they have fully scrapped everything and are restarting development on Metroid Prime 4. This is crazy to me for multiple reasons. Right. Because one, it means that Retro was not working on this. And that they were working on something else. I was going to say, because all they made was Tropical Freeze. All they made was Tropical Freeze. And, and then they, they re-released they Tropical Freeze. They re-released Tropical Freeze. Not, but that, not an insignificant amount of development work. No. But they could have been making something else. And so There's there no was, way in four years they were working on They were on just funky making mode. To get f- funky mode for Tropical it, Freeze. It, I, what I else were they doing? So this is where that rumor comes in. The rumor that last E3 that they were going to announce the game Retro is working on. And multiple sources... Like, people who I would trust, Jason Schreier, who writes for Kotaku, who right. always, always has good sources and his information yes. is very, very rarely ever wrong. I was going to say, I don't think I've ever seen a news story and where... And so many other people said that they had sources that said Retro was working on a Star Fox racing game, and it was going to be announced at E3. Mm-hmm. It was not. I still, personally, want this game to exist. I believe it exists. But now Retro will be working on Metro Prime 4. So they have something else that they had to have been working on and are probably still right. working on simultaneously. Yeah, I mean, like, because, like, I mean, you look at, 
id id's working on their doom of it but then they're also helping with rage too yeah i mean like if they're yeah it's kind of i don't know what they're if crash team racing is near completion they probably can move some people off and have them start working on a brand new project which i don't know maybe it's a good thing having a american studio work on a first person shooter no it is, it is i mean retro made metroid prime yeah, like, right yeah, so yeah, that yeah. makes sense but and that's crazy because it means that they were working on something else yeah right which... and i am excited for whatever that is yes that will be dope but it is also crazy because never would this ever happen where a, a game is multiple years into development and nintendo of all developers puts out a video apologizing that they are going to have to restart development of one of their core franchises from scratch. Yeah. And like, I personally think that this is good because if Metroid prime four came out and it sucked, it would have been really disappointing for everyone in general. So if this makes it good or they, it gives them a chance to make it better. I like that. And then there is Miyamoto's famous quote, a uh, rushed game is bad forever. A delayed game is eventually good. Which, and I mean, it, like, that. I mean, in today's climate, you can work on a game to the point where even post-launch... It yes, but busy. Nintendo was not that developer. No, no. So, I, I just find this to be fascinating, that they put out this video... Yeah, it's and let it very... Speak, let it speak for itself. He apologized, and this is more information than most developers would ever give. And that is one of the reasons why I think that Nintendo in its current form is kind of crazy is because they have been more forward facing with this kind of stuff. Right. And it's crazy. Yeah. Because any other developer would never, ever do this, especially a publicly traded company where their stock is going to take a hit because they're like, hey, you know, the popular franchise you guys were banking on coming out this year. That shit ain't happening. Did anyone think it was coming out this year? It was supposed to. Oh, was it? Yeah. Okay. Their big releases for this year were supposed to be Metroid Prime 4, Animal Crossing, uh, Yoshi's Crafted World, Fire Emblem, and a new Pokemon game. What about Luigi's Mansion? I always forget about Luigi's Mansion, but that also. Because they they haven't talked about that game since E3. No, but the way that they do their stuff now... That does not surprise me. Mm. I bet you sometime within the next month or two, they will have a Nintendo Direct where they will possibly show something from Pokemon. They will talk about Smash DLC characters, and they will talk about Yoshi's Crafted World and whatever else they have coming. So Nintendo is kind of getting on that train where they have a shorter announced-to-release window. Mm -hmm. Like Animal Crossing was announced November? Yes. Uh, and then they said it's coming out in 2019, which the development of an Animal Crossing game takes many more years than one. They didn't. So, they did the same thing with Odyssey, where did, it yeah. was E3, and then it just came out. Uh, yeah, I mean, at Zelda, they had been talking about that, that for doesn't, uh, I don't count that one, years? because that was supposed to come out on just the Wii U originally. But, yeah. uh, and then they delayed it. I think they purposely delayed it so it could come out on both. I also do, but... Uh, yeah, and then they're restarting development. I can't. I can't believe it. I, I, you know, 
if it's a I think this stuff happens all the time. I think the shocking thing is that it was kind of like announced. But then it's also even more shocking that they are that forward facing that they're like, yeah, man, as a Japanese developer, we kind of don't know what we're doing in the first person mm-hmm. shooter space. Well, yeah, yeah. And here is this company who did it originally, and we are going to them to ask for help, even though they are also owned by Nintendo, right. which they would have to help anyways. But it just, I don't know, something about this news story like blew my mind. Right. It's I, just one of those like Metroid Prime. Well, just Metroid in general. They, which I guess they've had a couple 3DS titles the last couple of years. They did, right? but that was not a red. Yeah, but those were the 2D side-scrolling titles. Right. Not, the, yeah, not right. Metroid Prime. Right. I mean, just saying the Metroid you know, franchise, franchise yeah, in yeah. general. I mean, they really haven't known what to do with in a long time because those those were just remade games, right? The last one was a remake of Metroid 2. Metroid 2, which was a Game Boy yeah. exclusive. <laughs> yeah, but I, people really like that. Right. I, yeah. so, so I can't I can't shit on that. But it, No, I'm not shitting on it. I'm just simply saying like it seems like Nintendo, this is one of those franchises where they don't quite know what to do with. No, but Metroid Prime 4 was the right way to do it for yes. the Switch, I think, and they are still doing it. But I, it probably will be another couple of years here. I was thinking about this coming uh, coming over. I mean, like, we probably won't hear another thing about this until... 2021 at e3 yeah probably and then we probably won't even see it till what 2022 yeah i I would guess that that's the case and i just that's just it just sounds so far away it does but i let me tell you what man i thought that this was a cool thing that they did this the twitter comments did not think it was cool i was Uh, like let's see what the youtube comments have to say And People they, are uh, not going strong about this. They're uh, they disabled comments on YouTube, which is probably the probably smart the move. right thing. But man, the responses to that Twitter thread yeah. are heinous. Oh, I'm sure. So I looked at the comments on Reddit, and it was pretty tame. I think that this is a good thing that if they. I it, as I said, like I think this stuff happens all the time. Mm-hmm. If if it's a bad game, what do you want them to do? I mean, like I think people assume that. These games are the most amazing game ever. And then the company just canceled it because they're like, we're dicks. Yeah, let's cancel great games. <laughs> but like, chances are it was a shit game that you wouldn't even like. So And like, it wasn't going to recoup their it, losses. It, yeah, like it just it makes sense. So yeah, like, would you rather have a really bad game next year or would you like to have a great game in three years? I mean, just, yeah. but, you know. Yeah. Just be happy. Just look at the games that are coming out and just be excited for those. That's that's my advice. And continuing on the cancellation train here, yes. uh, GameStop took too many pre-orders for the Kingdom Hearts 3 branded PlayStation 4 Pro, and they had to cancel some of those pre-orders. They're today. They today, started canceling yes, them today. today, which sucks for the people that were planning. Because Kingdom Hearts 3 comes out on Tuesday. Monday. For GameStop, you get it 9 p.m. Oh, okay. So that's their new midnight release is 9 p.m. So people were, like, planning to play this game. Planning to buy a PlayStation 4 Pro Mm -hmm. that had all their favorite Kingdom Hearts characters on it to to play their new Kingdom Hearts game. And then GameStop was like, nah, JK, our system is bad, and we're canceling your pre-order. We took too many pre-orders. 
We don't have that as many as we took. And what I like Oops. is the article I read right before this was they contacted Sony, mm-hmm. who was like, yeah, we won't be able to supply you with any more of those because they're a limited edition. This is your goof up. <laughs> it's like, boy, that that sucks, yeah. huh? That's, That's going to really suck for like the the workers that are going to have to deal with all these angry But on, on, on the other customers. hand, like... Just if you were that person, just buy a PlayStation 4 Pro and Kingdom Hearts 3. Because let me tell you how many copies of Kingdom Hearts 3 every store is going to have. 17 billion. So you don't need to worry about getting a copy of Kingdom Hearts 3, Mm -hmm. or you could get it digitally. And um, PS4 Pros are plentiful. So feel like, how much overlap do you think there is of people who don't have a PS4 and want to buy this game? Pretty much none. And that's what, at this point, I mean, we're talking at the end of the PS4 cycle. If you still don't have one, you could probably buy a base PS4 for $200. Yeah. And just play the game. But I, I mean, I'm not really the type that... I don't care about collectors. No, but people much. do. And yeah. I Kingdom for, Hearts for yes. this the kind of stuff to get canceled it sucks. a couple days before it comes yeah, out yeah, is wild. Yeah, it because sucks. then you don't even have an opportunity to go try to get it somewhere else. Yeah. It's just like, oops, you're totally boned on this. Mm-hmm. Gotcha. Right. Which I, I tend to not pre order much stuff from GameStop anyways, unless it's something like Kingdom Hearts three where I know I can get it the day beforehand mm-hmm. and Boy, do I want to play it. I've never pre-ordered because at this point with digital sales, stores always have enough physical copies. I've never seen where like, oh, we're completely sold out. That's true. But usually I do it because I can just give them the money beforehand and then just go pick it up at midnight or at 9 p.m. And then that works out because I can just go get it and go home. Mm -hmm. Uh, So it's not even more so that I'm pre-ordering it. It is more so that I have the convenience want to go get it. Which for me, for me, if it's coming out on a Tuesday, I I'm not going to stay up till Monday night, get the game, and then not play it. I am. And then also same thing if it comes out on Friday, I'm not going to stay up Thursday night to get the game and not play it. So, for my schedule, it. It's like, I'll just pick it up. Trust me, me picking it up at 9 p.m. on Monday is mm-hmm. not good for my schedule, but I will probably not sleep very much mm-hmm. before work the next day when I get Kingdom Hearts 3. Did do you th- did Super Smash sell out like at stores, do you think? It did. Okay. Because uh, like that is one where it's like, okay, I get those pre-orders. Like they... Because you got it at uh, Best Buy. No, I got it at GameStop Oh, at you did? Yeah. And like they had to like... It was different hours of that you could pick it up, right? Or something like that, yeah. Yeah, cuz like they had to just or did cuz we had like we were here when the game when we were going to get it, it launching and Scott left at a different time. Was he getting it at a different store? No, or? so they depending on when you went to get your receipt finalized, mm-hmm. they It was either 11 or 12 or whatever. Yeah, it so. was basically just like how you get in line. Mm-hmm. So I knew that I was the last person in line, so I didn't mm-hmm. have to get there right at the time okay. because I was going to have to wait in line anyways, okay. whereas he was in the first group, mm-hmm. so he was able to just walk in, get it, and be done. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. Okay, because I remember you left like considerably after, so I figured there was... I like, did. I figured it was kind of like a deli where you just like grab your number and it's No, just, it's like... they give you a group mm-hmm. and then you get it in that group number, so... 
uh, we all just had to wait in line anyway, right. so I didn't want to like rush to wait in line. You know what I mean? Right. All right. And so our final news thing today was instead of a large scale Nintendo Direct, Nintendo did uh, an indie highlight, which this was Europe, Nintendo Europe specifically. Right. Uh, and they do this every so often. Um, for some reason, they're branded differently in each country. Like Japan, Europe, and mm-hmm. uh, Nintendo of America do it differently. They're like ours in the U.S. is called an indie showcase. This is called an indie highlight from Europe. Right. And then it's called like a indie direct in Japan. Whatever. There was a. It was a 15, 16 minute 16, YouTube yeah. video that had a bunch of indie releases, and it led with the one I wanted. I said, people were like, what do you want to see from a Nintendo Indie Direct? And right. I said, I want to see Wargroove's right. release date. And they started the fucking presentation mm-hmm. saying Wargroove is coming out on February 1st. Right. That's amazing because I want to play Wargroove. Right. That's not amazing because that is three days after Kingdom Hearts 3 comes out, man. I can't do that. How am I going to do that? The, hmm. And so Wargroove is basically... Uh, one of Nintendo's developers, uh, it's basically Intelli- intelligent Wars. systems. They made Advance Wars and Fire Emblem. Right. And so now that Fire Emblem blew up again, they don't make Advance Wars anymore. Right. They refuse to appease me, the Advance Wars fan. Mm-hmm. And so this developer, who is being published by Chucklefish, I can't remember their name. I apologize. Right. They were like, "We miss Advance Wars. Let's make a game that's basically Advance Wars." And so what I think is crazy about this is obviously this is coming out on Switch because that's where this was announced as an Nintendo right. Direct. It is coming out on Switch, Xbox One, and Steam right. February 1st. The PS4 version it's delayed. is delayed. Which there's another what? game I wrote down as well where the PS4 version is delayed as well. For what purpose, man? It's very strange. I just wanted to play this on PS4. I mean, I'm not going to complain that now I can take Advance Wars basically on the go with me wherever I go on right. the Switch. But I wanted to get it on PS4. I'm not f- waiting. Right. Uh, that's crazy. Which you can wait a little bit. I can't. I gotta get it. I think I already pre-ordered it on Switch. Anyways. Okay. But I, yeah, I, that's that's strange. And getting it on Switch is fine. Mm-hmm. I would love to have a Advance Wars type game mm-hmm. again. Uh, so that's cool. Apparently, the campaign's gonna be like 50 hours. It is, but. And then there's like a four-player multiplayer oh mode my God. that seems kind of weird. just like Advance Wars. I'm so hyped. Mm. I can't wait. I will play this game for a long time, and I'm very excited. How long do you think the multiplayer is going to take? Probably like an hour? Uh, it depends. So if it's like Advance Wars, which it looks like it is, right. you it, you just pick a map and probably like 30, 40 minutes, depending on how skilled mm-hmm. each side is. Uh, and you can have four-player, yeah. And you can just do pass-and-play as well. Yeah, I was just uh, kind of wondering. We're always looking for things for extra yeah, life. Yeah, so it is like kind of a turn-based thing. Mm-hmm. Um, so I'm kind of wondering, like, extra life. If yeah, be something it's a, it's a fun do. strategy game mm-hmm. about military stuff. Right. And it's, it's less like Fire Emblem, where you are moving each character individually to kill other things. It is sort of mixed with, like, real-time strategy stuff, like Command & Conquer and Warcraft, where, right. like, you build units from buildings as well it also seems like fire emblem is uh taking from advanced wars and this 
this most recent one where like there's the character but then they have like a the army, army behind around. them yes. yes so they're kind of like using the yeah, stuff it, that they learned yes. when they made advance wars to bring it back in fire right so that but that's what i was saying like there's like a whole army here it's not like a huge army it's no, more yeah. like four or five people and but so i i'm just glad that an indie developer is making mm-hmm. an advance war style game war groove looks very cool right i uh look forward to playing it yeah. I, I don't know so yeah and that as we said that's coming out to yeah february 1st yeah so. everything uh, except ps4 so <laughs> eventually eventually PS4. yeah i don't know yeah that one they said mm-hmm. pretty soon it's like what the fuck does, what does I, it mean I, what does soon mean from what i read later later in the year but i think that might have been some kind of weird exclusivity deal that they signed i don't think it was like delayed delayed exclusivity it's going coming out no that's what i'm saying i think that they like signed something that said like hey we will release on ps4 later but they're okay with steam and xbox usually pc is fine uh for anything usually if it's a exclusive it'll be on pc as well but i i'm just saying like that's kind of of microsoft have like a weird relationship Mm. thing going on now so i don't know what's going on uh the next one that seemed kind of interesting is steam world quest yeah, this there are is... all kinds of games that they make. SteamWorld Dig, SteamWorld Heist. SteamWorld Which... Dig is you are a robot that is It's digging. like old western? Yeah, and it's like a Metroidvania type thing. Right. Those games are pretty fun. They made two of those. Then they made SteamWorld Heist, which, which takes is... place in the same universe, but is a turn-based... Sci-fi. Sci-fi tactical game. Yes. And now they're doing this one. Which is like a fantasy deck building. Fantasy card deck building game <laughs> RPG thing. And... You know, I like that they're using the Steam World name for all of their different genres mm-hmm. that they're making. This game, I think, looks really cool. Yeah. I will probably play it. it this one does seem like it is exclusive Switch to it. the Switch I looked into for the it. first couple months. Yeah, I, uh, didn't, I didn't see anything No, else. I did not either. Uh, I will try this out for sure. Yeah. It's... I like... I See, I can't say that. Sometimes I like card battling games. This seems like the kind of card battling game that I will like. Yeah. Because it is, you have characters, and then those characters use the cards for abilities, and I like that kind of thing, and it's... where it is me collecting cards right. to play a card game, mm-hmm. I am less excited about that. Yeah, and it seems like it's a, like an RPG fantasy, Yeah, but it's just with cards as your attacks. So yeah. Like, yeah, it, it seems like a neat, and I love the fact that it is, they're doing different things with the Steam World, you know brand or franchise or whatever you want to say yeah it's cool they they really i think they like trying different things they hit their aesthetic like uh artistically Mm. and they're just applying that to as many different genres as they want to that's cool it kind of reminds me of super giant where they have like they're they're taking this this formula and but like changing it yeah changing it so uh, and they announced CrossCode for the Switch, this. a game that I have been streaming uh, for many hours. It is right. very long, dude, for mm-hmm. an indie game. They're a small German developer, and CrossCode is an action RPG. So it's like you action gameplay, you get upgrades to do more damage and mm-hmm. stuff. It is a fake MMO. So it is a plot about you playing an MMO, which is a really weird meta thing. <laughs> and then you like do quests and mm-hmm. all that stuff. Uh, it is it is very good. Right. Um, it is reminiscent of older like Super Nintendo JRPGs, uh, and it is just jam packed with content. And I still am not finished it. Mm-hmm. And now that a bunch of games that I want to play are coming out, I probably won't be streaming it as much as I was. Uh, but 
someday I will beat it. Mm -hmm. I'm like 30, 40 hours in now, and it's still going. In the trailer they showed for CrossCode, there was new content at the end. It showed flying hedgehogs, which is what they're called in the game. They're just weird hedgehog enemies. Right. There were flying ones. That is new. And it said there will be some Switch-exclusive content. Mm -hmm. uh, so that's cool. Yeah. And then they also showed a game called Double Kick Heroes. Yes. Um, which... which is a heavy metal-based rhythm game where when you hit the notes... These dudes in a car shoot demons? Zombies. Zombies. That looks cool. I will also probably play this. There were a it, lot of indie games in this thing that I found really cool. It is in early access right now. You can On Steam, is you it? Can, yes, it oh, is. Oh, cool. I did not know that. So you can, if, if you're really kind of curious, you can check it out there. Or I assume once it's ready, once it's going to come, come, come out, out on Switch. Switch. Yeah, I... It's like a the art style is like sixteen bit pixel right. art. Yeah, I mean, it, the, I it's heavy it's, metal is okay. I it's not my favorite genre, but it seems I, like they got licensed music as well. They did, but they're from lesser known metal artists. It seems mm -hmm. just people who they would give their. I when to. I looked at the early access page, I saw that they were like you can input your own music mm -hmm. so i'm kind of wondering how that works as well so like it, it seems like they're doing some cool things and like i'm not a rhythm guy oh, I, so, am. Like, so I saw this and was like hell yeah i'm mm -hmm. on board uh very cool yeah and so the next one was one that they announced at the kind of funny show right kind of, kind of funny game showcase a couple weeks ago uh right. when ski lifts go wrong yes it looks like that game bridge building simulator but instead of building bridges, you are building ski lifts and ramps. And bridges. Oh, uh, there were some bridges, that's right. But like yeah, it seems like it's a puzzle weird physics puzzle game it, that like is similar yeah. to Trials where you have to like control the world's weirdest skier. I don't know. Do you take control of them? Or... It looked like that in the trailer. I guess I don't know. Yeah, that's what I'm kinda of wondering if it's just like you have to build this and then the ai gets from point a to point b or if you take control that's the one thing i don't know but it seems like it has the potential for some hijinks as well it does uh, that's why i'm kind of wondering if it's all ai and then like you build something and then they you watch them ragdoll around <laughs> yes. on your bad ski lift yeah i, I assume maybe that that's kind of what i guess what it, it what it was because it, it seems like it was just it's kind of dumb fun but also a little challenging type of thing yeah uh they showed forager yes which looks like a roguelite where you play as a skeleton and you like forage for various resources and can build buildings mm -hmm. to then get farther in your right. quest which they didn't really go into what that was it just looked like a you have some kind of weird mm. permadeath and you forage for stuff and build structures. Yeah. Like, to me, I, I got like a 2D isometric Zelda, an RPG Zelda. It actually, to me, it looked a lot like Don't Starve. Mm. But I, with a skeleton. Because I looked into it. You, there's actually a demo on it. Like you can, there's a, you can go on their website and download oh, really? the demo. It, it's free or you can kind of like donate a couple dollars i figured i might do that this weekend okay and on it it said specifically zelda meets stardew valley okay uh, and that, that was kind of when i was watching it which it also reminded me of a game that we didn't that i meant to talk about a couple couple weeks ago tunic 
Oh yeah, the the yeah. the Zelda like game that was showed at uh, E3, the Microsoft E3. Yeah, yeah. But it was like that fox, and I was like, oh yeah, that kind of reminds me of the tunic. But then I started looking into this because this one was the most interesting one to me. And so I started looking into it, and I was like, "Oh yeah, there's a website, and I guess there's a free demo that's two, three hours. I might, okay. I might check out when I, yeah. you know, this weekend." Then another game that has already been released uh, on PC is Goat Simulator. That's coming to the Switch with all the DLC. It's not just PC. I think it's come out on like everything. Everything that exists, but yeah, it's coming to the Switch with all the DLC. Mm-hmm. It started as a game where you play as a goat, and it was really weird, and then each successive piece of dlc made it more weird and less about goats you can play as a giraffe and an ostrich and all kinds of shit it's weird now it's on the switch i don't know that was one of the games that was out right then when the indie dropped so uh this is one i don't i don't quite get this because it seems like it's just meant to be something that like you just dick around and have some fun with it it is but it also it was like at the height of games coming out that were called something simulator that were only being released for streamers to dick around with right right i'm just saying like it seems like it's too expensive for that type of game no there is actual stuff that you're supposed to do there are objectives and now with all the dlc that's Mm -hmm. probably what adds the price because it's like thirty dollars yeah which i mean is the base game and then the like seven or eight dlc packs that were probably Mm -hmm. five bucks a piece so it's probably cheaper than it was originally. Right. Uh, I'm just saying, like, I I didn't realize that there was really kind of, like, objectives and stuff. There are. So. It's, it's so strange. It, yeah, it's a... Yeah, and originally it was made by a small team, and then I think Double Fine picked them up to publish mm. it physically and a couple other things. Mm-hmm. It's weird. Um, they showed a game called Inmost, which this was the, like, black and white one. Yes. The where one. the dude was, like, slitting his wrists or something. Yeah, I was like, is this, like... This looks like a really dark game with 16-bit graphics, man. Yeah, I was like, this is kind of, like, Limbo. I got, like, a Limbo. But it's, it's also, like, the character that they showed you playing as is, like, almost like... I don't know, he just has a sword and shield, like, yeah. Zelda style. It, this game looks weird. From what I looked it up, it's going to be like a puzzle platformer. And I guess you don't only play a sword There's guy. There's going to be a three, couple playable characters. Yeah. Three playable characters, that, and like the story's all interlocked. That's, yeah. I, it doesn't look like a game for me. It looks interesting. I don't know that I will end up picking no. it up. As but. I said, to me, I got like a Limbo vibe, and I yeah not for me. Uh, but the last game they showed, Unruly Heroes, does look like it is for me. It yes. is a platformer based on the story Journey to the West, right? which everybody knows Goku and Oolong from mm-hmm. Dragon Ball, but those characters, Son Goku and Oolong, right. are uh, based on characters from that age-old story, Journey to the West, mm-hmm. and this is a platformer that has what looks like the art style of Rayman. Which it's from Ubisoft developers. I knew it! Because they... I should have looked this up. Because mm-hmm. they had when they released rayman legends they said they had the developer tools and anyone could use those to make a platformer this looks just like rayman legends and i saw it and was like i like the story journey to the west rayman is sick this is both of those things i knew it right so i will like this game confirmed i'm very excited which this is the other one that it's coming out pc switch and xbox and then and ps4 later shaft i don't know what's up with that i think sony's indie relations might be in the toilet at the moment 
But yeah, uh, it's weird. Th- I think that they have not been doing as well on the indie front. Microsoft, I think, has been a lot more uh, friendly mm-hmm. to those people. But I don't know. We'll see. Yeah, I mean, it looks like, like a cool game. I I'm excited. Uh, it <laughs> looks like a very colorful, good platformer. I could always right. use more of those in my life. Yeah. And- just like an action platformer there's yeah. some multiplayer aspect as well yeah it looks like you might be able to play co-op or something no i mean the, well there's co-op in the main story yeah, but yeah. then there's like a competitive oh multiplayer that there they wasn't rayman that, also and that's uh yeah but... I, I it didn't look very good but no it, we'll see but yeah like there's like the four characters and like they're all yep very unique looking as yeah well. they are all animals uh, right the monkey the pig the two other ones i can't yeah, remember yeah. ever i remember know? the monkey yeah, because that's Which, joke. That's out now as well. It is? Yes. What? What have I been doing? I've been playing <laughs> Tales of Asperia. Damn it, man. Uh, Kingdom Hearts is coming out. I can't keep buying all these games. I'm never going to finish them. <laughs> yeah. Damn it. All right, well, I'm going to check that out. Mm-hmm. Hopefully there's a demo. Oh, man. All right, so now that took way longer than I imagined it would. Uh, yeah, that was, that was like our that longest was, that news That was our session. longest news segment ever. Whoa. Conceived. Whoa, yeah. We're going to move on to what we've been playing. Uh, you started Darksiders 3. I didn't just start it. I finished it. You did? Yes. It's, it's a video game. Yeah, it is. So <laughs> tell me this. It is... An action game. Yes. A character action game. Yes. You are Fury. Fury. She is a lady. Angry. She's angry, <laughs> as her name would suggest. <laughs> All right. Yeah. And uh, she's, she's female Kratos. I, so, okay. Female Kratos. So I played Darksiders 1. Yes. When THQ still existed and right. was publishing Darksiders, it was a mixture between God of War combat, but also, like, the puzzle elements and some combat elements of Zelda. Right. Okay, I liked that game a lot. Mm -hmm. Then they made Darksiders 2. Right. And that was less like the first one and more kind of like... It was still a character action game, but there was, like, loot, and it was more RPG elements to it. I didn't really understand why they did that. Neither of us have played two no, so it's hard for, I, like, but yeah. i know that that's what it was yeah, like yeah. and you play okay so the first one is about the four horsemen of the apocalypse the second one the first one is war you play as the second one is death death then th- this one here is fury which they used to replace i believe pestilence no they use famine famine because how the fuck do you anthropomorphize famine right. as a thing uh so this the trajectory of this game is wild because well, it, thq stopped existing so yes. we thought there would never be any more darksiders games yes but then their assets were sold off to oh my god the trajectory of this is so weird that i can't even remember it was what 2009 darksiders one darksiders two was what 2011 yeah but what was the company that bought and then oh my god it's nordic it's THQ Nordic now. No, it the... was Nordic Games, wasn't it? Oh, was it originally? I, and th- I think who's they the just company. Kinda... Who was the studio that made uh, Zombie Island? What the fuck is it called? Dead Island. Is that a different? Is that a different publisher? I think that might be a different publisher. Damn. Because I'm pretty sure 
that they just kind of like took the Nordic name. Nordic did buy a lot of THQ stuff. And, and then, then they just like mashed the two names but together. But then they were like, well, we are reproducing a lot of these THQ games. Why don't we call ourselves THQ Nordic? Right. Deep Silver. Deep Silver. I thought that Deep Silver did Dead Islands. I, for some reason, I thought Deep Silver was involved with Nordic. I don't think so. I think it's... Does Deep Silver own Nordic? Um, See, this is... We're getting I don't down, if... deep down the <laughs> rabbit hole here. Well, I think the easiest would probably look up THQ Nordic, but should we be doing this on a Pro- podcast? Probably not. But anyways, <laughs> yeah, the it's so weird because it's the original company is gone, and yes. then a different company bought their assets and then was like, well, we're going to transform slowly into this original company, which is wild. So this game has been in development for quite a while. Is it a super average action game? It feels... Like a super average PS3 action game. Whoa! <laughs> that That's is not what I expected you to say. Uh, okay. It, I mean, it just feels like a last gen game, and it looks nice. like an ask, last game gen, or last, last gen, gen game. game. Which I mean, like, okay, it, they are not making AAA games. They do not have that kind of funding. It it doesn't bother me that much. I mean, I still enjoyed it. I I guess I just why are they why? Because why? Because this so this is this is my whole thing right, with right. with THQ Nordic. THQ is a company right. was making all these what I would say were like B tier games, right? Right. At that time, there was a place for those. Right. THQ went out of business. Because there was no longer really a place for those B-level games. Right. There was AAA, and there was very small indie stuff that could be whatever it wanted. Mm-hmm. And so they were erased. Their assets were sold to Nordic, who then was like, you know what would be sick? <laughs> if we started making all these B-games again. But right. I still personally feel like there is not a huge place in the market for that tier of game. No. Is it $60? It was 60 What the fuck? Which, I mean, it was a broken product, I will say that. I have heard multiple people say that they had got 15 hours in and then their saves stopped working. Uh, that didn't happen to me. I think they fixed that. They probably. I would hope so. But, I mean, yeah, it crashed, oh my god, maybe 10 times in a 15-hour playthrough. What did you play it on, Xbox? Xbox. Okay. That, boy. Yeah. That that's, sucks. Um, it was 15 hours long? 15 and a half, What do yeah. you do? Oh my god. This, everything I hear about this is less good. The combat was kind of fun, though. Uh, is there, a, like, a power curve? Like, do you get skills? Yeah, yes. So skill points? I I hate using this comparison because everyone, like, freaks out. But it is kind of like Dark Souls where, like, you run around, you fight enemies, you get souls. Okay. Um, then you go to the merchant, Valgrim. He's in the first one as well. Okay. You you spend your souls to get attribute points, and okay. then that's how you kind of level up. So like you get, so you start at level one, and then by the end of the game, I was like level fifty five. Uh, you can also spend your souls on getting like potions and like items that it's like temporary like attack boosts and defense boosts. I didn't do that. I spent all my souls on getting upgrading my character because I just I wanted that permanent upgrade. 
Uh, so once you get that attribute point, then you can you, it's one of three choices. You can either put put that where you boost your HP, you boost your physical attack, or you boost an attack where like it's like a dodge and then you attack. There's like a special attack. I spent pretty much all my attribute points into the physical, and then occasionally I went into the HP and I didn't do much of the uh, the dodging. Just because, I mean, I, I was using the dodge and everything, but I figured 90% of what I was doing it was just using the physical attack, using her chain blades or whatever it was called. Okay. So. And like Dark Souls, if you die, your soul stays there and you have to go reclaim it. The good news is it doesn't go away if you die a second time, so... You can go back and get it at any point. So there's no reason for that mechanic to exist, is what you're saying? Other than... Yeah. Okay, great. Other than, like, bad checkpointing. Okay, cool. <laughs> nice. And But where I do think this game's strength is in the boss battles, because, as you know, the premise is fighting the seven deadly sins. Yeah, you fight the seven deadly sins. In I each... love Full Metal Alchemist. Any each boss battle is at least very unique, and okay. I, I will say that only one of them was bad. Which honestly, and when you're talking six different sins, one being bad, like that's not bad. That's not terrible. Yeah. Yeah, it's just so weird. It is. They, did they tease another one? They kind of did. Yeah. Okay. Uh, yeah. They said there was going to be four in the original plan of it. So. Who knows? Which it's also weird because like they're all all the stories are happening at the same time. It's all simultaneous. It is, yeah. So like at the beginning of the game, you see War. If you remember, he's like all chained chained up at the beginning, and he's yeah. like, so like you see him, and she's just like, "Hey, brother, what did you do to to get put um, in this situation?" Yeah. I, it's cool that I, I guess it's kind of cool that they're continuing this thing that in theory was going right. to be left on the wayside, but. I'm trying. I just it's so it's weird. The way they teased it, I'm trying to I'm trying to remember the fourth horseman, the the, the other brother, because the way they teased it, it seems like it could be a very different type of game. Hmm. No, I don't I don't know if you want me to spoil it. No, or that's fine. I'm good. So, but yeah, that's I mean. I had fun with the boss battles. It was it, I I did play this game on medium, so like I really I think it also where it is well designed is in the boss battles. I would go in, I would fight the boss, lose the second time I would beat it. The only time I had trouble was the final boss. Okay. Which was a lot harder. Yeah. Usually that's yeah, how which, most I mean, things it, go. Yeah, so Alright. Well I have been playing one game and that is Tales of Vesperia. Yes. So I like Japanese RPGs, and mm -hmm. generally there's, like, tiers of JRPG. Like, at the top, you have Final Fantasy and Dragon Quest, and then underneath that, in your, like, next tier, you have games like Trails in the Sky mm -hmm. and Back at Legend of Heroes, that kind of stuff. But then you also have the Tales series. Tales of Vesperia originally came out in 2008 as an Xbox 360 exclusive. Uh, they then released a definitive version of it where they added a lot more content and two new playable characters in Japan only on PS3 because 
the Xbox does not sell in Japan, so the fact that it was an Xbox exclusive was insane. Right. Uh, when their whole market was on PS3. And so in Japan, they brought it out there. They were going to release it in the U.S. as well, but at the last minute, they decided to cancel it uh, after they had written most of the script in English and things like that. Mm -hmm. Uh, So that is finally here now in 2019. Mm -hmm. uh, And it is just an up-resed version of that Japanese PS3 game that's finally in English. Wait, you said you played the... Did you have it in I played the original. Oh, okay. The original version on 360. Oh, that makes sense. Uh, and I liked it a lot, so much so that I actively did not finish it because I did not want it to be over. Mm-hmm. And I am near the point where I was when I played it originally on 360. Uh, I like it a lot. So mm-hmm. it's not like turn-based. It is more direct action. So you have a party of four people. You generally play as one character, and the other three are controlled by AI. Uh, you have regular attacks, and then like special attacks called arts, and you can assign an art to. You can have like eight equipped at once. You use the stick mm-hmm. for different directions and things, and if you want to, you can kind of just mash going into every battle, but. If you actually start to care, it as like a kind of near fighting game depth to it. Like you can combo a lot. Mm-hmm. Like you can cancel animations. You can pick people up when they're on the ground if you do specific things. It can get pretty intricate. It doesn't have to be. Right. Uh, but especially for fighting the harder enemies late game, like the secret bosses and stuff like that, you do do that. Uh, and as far as like JRPG stories go... I like the cast of characters quite a bit. And in my opinion, Vesperia was the last good Tales game. Uh, After that, they got a new director named Hideo Baba, who, uh, let's just say, not a huge fan. Mm -hmm. I did not like Tales of Gilia. I did not like Tales of Gilia 2. I did not play Zestaria, but people said it sucked butt. Uh, I think he did another one that I did play, and the story sucked, but the battle system was good. And the newest one he did not work on either, which is Berseria. I actually impulse bought that, and I have it over there still wrapped, and I may play it someday. Uh, but I think Vesperia was the last good one. It was mm-hmm. the last one that was closest to a tra- traditional JRPG, where it's a huge world, like, globetrotting adventure, and it has a top-down overworld map. Right. Whereas all the newer games don't have that. That's just you go from area to area. And it makes the world feel a lot smaller, kind of. Uh, but it, it, it is the same game that it was in 2008. And mm-hmm. I still enjoy it now. I think it is a really good JRPG. It is very long. The thing that gets me about Tales games is... Y- there are too many missables. So, like, I am literally playing the game with a guide open in front of me to be like, Hey, don't miss this. Mm-hmm. Um, and I am having a good experience with it so far. I wouldn't be doing that if I hadn't already played through the game. Right. Uh, just because then it, like, accidentally has spoilers, even though it's right. trying not to. Uh, but, like, yeah, you can miss weapons, scenes, like, all kinds, of, literally anything if you just, like, walk too far, basically. Mm-hmm. Uh, and every Tales game has that. It's just this one. I want to see all the content, so I'm, I am trucking along. I am at, like, 55 hours in, and... 
I'm not going to beat it by Monday when Kingdom Hearts 3 comes out. So. Are you going to stop playing this and start playing I will playing stop Kingdom playing Hearts? it and start playing Kingdom Hearts, and then I will go back to it, probably. Uh, if I wanted to, I could just plow through the rest of it, but then I would miss a ton of stuff. So I want to do as much as I can in this, so I'll probably mm-hmm. leave it and come back. But it is as good then as, mm-hmm. as it is now. So if you had played it and you liked it back then, this is the same thing, but with more to it. And it still plays well, I think. Mm-hmm. Uh, the newer Tales games, the battle system has obviously improved. You can see that it, where it is old, where it has aged a little bit. Right. Because they have added a lot of systems on top of it. Uh, but it is as good a Tales mm-hmm. game as you're going to get, I think. So, It's cool. It also seems like it's selling really well. Especially on the Switch, where it seems to be a bad port and crashes constantly. Oh. So, that seems to be a hallmark of a lot of recent things that are being ported to switch as well mm-hmm. as ps3 or ps4 and xbox one i hope that does not continue to be a trend because that sucks right uh and obviously they'll patch it and fix it but that's just a bad that's bad right don't do that yeah all right that's that's what i got for tails i like mm-hmm. it together we have been playing the original mass effect yes which just with schedule we didn't get to hang out too much the last couple weeks yeah so we just we started playing that sunday night yes and we've we only got a couple hours in a couple hours in yeah but it is you can see where the original mass effect has aged yes uh because it is just a third person shooter but even back then it was not like a really great third person shooter no so the mechanics take a little bit of getting used to i think i've gotten there the cover mechanics are... The cover are mechanic is kind of rough. Not, it's not great, but I mean, it's... It does work once you figure it out. We we established this came out, what, 2007? Yeah. Which, I mean, Gears of War came out 2006, so like... It was at the beginning of the rebirth, or the birth of cover shooters, yes, so it's... Yes, So, I mean, like, it... So you I, get a free pass, I think, mm-hmm. on that front. Yes, it's the shooting. You had a really tough time the with the accuracy. Yeah. Oh, boy. <laughs> you were basically shooting around the... I don't the fucking enemy. understand. The reticle makes no sense. Yeah. It is a small reticle when there are no enemies, and then when there are enemies, the reticle gets huge... And you, like, can't hit the... I, it's so weird. Yeah, you were... Yeah. Um, but I Mass Effect is a great franchise. Right. And the characters are good. And the choices and development of the plot mm-hmm. are very good as well. So I think that's where this one... Where Mass Effect stands on its own. Right. Which... So since we're only a couple hours in, uh, has not yet manifested, but... No, I mean, we just kind of ran around and just started adding... Quart- part, yeah, party p- members. party members and we really haven't gotten into anything any no. of the meat so no yeah. we'll probably have a mass effect update for the next like two months yeah basically <laughs> yeah so uh there's not a lot more we can say right now No, not really but you have been playing cuphead i started cuphead all right tell me about your experience with cuphead it is a difficult game it is and you said it's not as difficult as people say. I agree. It's, I do say that. It's um, more about pattern recognition, which I'm still having a hard time with it. Just because, like, there there was one boss I just I couldn't even recognize the pattern. It was, like, the blue ball, and it bounces around. Is that, like, the first or second boss? Yes. Okay. <laughs> Manny, I'm not very far. No, I'm just saying I'm, uh, <laughs> yeah. I had a tough time with it. Okay. <laughs> I eventually beat it. Yeah. Which, um, what I've been doing is 
I give myself like because the way that the world is, you can kind of fight like, a couple one, things at, at once. At once. Yeah. So like I just say like okay, I'm gonna give myself 15 minutes. If I don't beat it, I'm gonna move on. Because mm-hmm. uh, otherwise, I'm just gonna start getting really frustrated. So like that's kind of what I've been doing, and I've beaten two of the bosses, and then like one of the areas where you get coins. And then I got stuck on the sunflower, the flower boss. And then there's the first boss where you're in the plane. And then, so, like, I'm kind of stuck on that right now. You are going to have the Um, world's roughest time with Cuphead. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, boy. Uh, Yeah, I'm, like, two hours in and I've beaten two bosses. Yeah, I think my total playtime was six hours and I'm at the final Uh. boss. That's where I stopped playing Cuphead was at the final boss, and it was because it was the night before I had to leave for my friend Kevin's wedding, mm-hmm. and I got to the like the boss rush before the final boss. I needed one hit on the last boss in the boss rush thing, and I mispressed a button and died, and I literally couldn't go back. Mm. I was so salty that I let myself down in that moment. That I never went back, so I've never beaten Cuphead either. But I got to, I did I, get to the final boss. I don't think I will. When I when I say I'm bad at video games, this is what I mean. Maybe. <laughs> well, Cuphead I, is really hard though. Like, it, yeah, it, yeah. It, I, but it is eventually like when you start seeing the patterns, it does make it a little bit easier. Right. And you got to kind of get the movement down and get a loadout that you like. But it is Cuphead is weird because the. I don't know, man. The art style is something that appeals to it appealed and still appeals to a lot of yeah, people. Yeah. It looks like a like twenties, thirties cartoon mm-hmm. in in action, right? Um, and I always thought that that art style was at odds with the game that they ended up making. Yeah, if you get what I mean, you're right? Yeah, uh, because it like gives the illusion that it is this fun, happy go lucky time cartoon, and then you get into it and you're like, "Wow, this is savage." Yeah, that's yeah. Uh, it, it has that appeal where I think like there's massive appeal where like people who don't yes, play video and games. I, people who I know don't play video games at all would be like, "Oh, hey, have you heard of this game Cuphead?" Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. I've heard of Cuphead, but like, why have you heard of Cuphead? Yeah, yeah. You know what I mean? So where like that that type of person may be like, "Hey, I might want to check this game and out." Then they and they are not the no, theme. they're not going to like it. Yeah. No. So I it's it's weird. Um, but I, I wanted to finally give it a try i've been staying away from it because i always knew that i would suck at it really bad and i would never be able to beat it and it would make me feel bad and it it, that's what's happening manny in theory the dlc should come out this year miss chalice yeah so that's cool i'll probably get back into it then when that dlc comes out yeah because they're adding another island or something yeah so more bosses Mm -hmm. new character well not new but Mm -hmm. sort of um speaking of games that are difficult you also have been playing wizard of legend yes dang i remember watching willie play this my brother Mm -hmm. um it also seems pretty difficult it's very difficult (laughs) (laughs) oh man you're really picking some difficult ones huh well i when i was watching that the nintendo they had that uh that nintendo indie thing yes and they showed uh at the end of that which we didn't say they showed a bunch of current indie Uh, games that are dope Yes. Like Hollow Knight and Dead Cells were showcased. Mm-hmm. Uh, but yeah, they did show Wizard of Legend. In that. And I was like, what is that? I want to try it. Oh, really? I, yeah. 
it's a so then it's I, a roguelike. Uh, yeah, and I bought wizards. It. And I'm not doing very well. Now, Willie has it on PC, mm, and he did really like it. it I it, remember him getting to the same boss multiple times, and he would be playing for like 20-ish minutes to right. get to the boss, and he would get obliterated the second he entered the boss room, and he literally <laughs> couldn't understand what was happening. <laughs> that's Yeah, that's where, yeah. Uh-huh. I, I, do, I will say I'm getting some progression, because before, because <laughs> like, you know how the game is, it's like the, the forest forest. Yeah, so you are like boss. a wizard, and yes. you have your weird set of magic spells, and you right. can buy and exchange spells, or like... Right, and it seems like the more you play... The, and the more Stronger you buy, the, stuff, yeah, you, yeah, yeah. eventually, yes. It's just hard because, like, the you don't keep keep the gold and you just take back the gems. Which you don't get the gems unless you beat, like, that area's boss. Yeah. Which I was having a tough time beating See, that boss. Yeah, man. I So it was cool when the roguelike slash roguelite genre was coming mm-hmm. back. It is no longer cool, I think. <laughs> Because while Wizard of Legend looks really cool, right, that mechanic was novel when it came back, like getting the permanent currency and right. then dying and but keeping the permanent currency. I I feel like I might be over it now. See, I will say with Dead Cells, it does a, I think it does a considerably better job than like Wizard of Legend in the sense that like you get a lot more cells from each run. But then also, like, it does a great job when you start a new run. It doesn't take very long for you to feel powerful again. Like, it, it just, like, basically, you get through that first world, and then all of a sudden you're like, all right, I feel powerful enough. This, like, I don't feel like I'm... I don't know if I'm ever going to be able to do well, because, like, I don't... Well, and that's where it's more like a roguelike than a roguelite. Yes. Because in roguelites, you are making incremental progress, whereas right. a roguelike, you're, it's your skill that is making mm-hmm. the progress. So, I, I don't know, man. I'm, I'm going to bang my head against this for a couple weeks, I'm sure. I'll let you know how I'm doing in a couple weeks. Okay, but we'll check as of right now, I did earlier before coming here get the furthest I ever got. I got to one of those bosses, and then I died instantly. Yeah, that seems to be a common theme. I don't like it looks cool. The animation is good. Mm-hmm. It. I just. I. Fe- every time I see a game that is like that, mm-hmm. I am now really skeptical because while Spelunky brought that type of game back into like the limelight, right? I think now it is like most Metroidvania games. Uh, whereas, like, if it's not something that is as good as Hollow Knight was, mm-hmm. then I just don't care. Because, like, there was a period recently where a lot of, like, Metroid-slash-Castlevania-style games were coming out, and there was a shitload of them. Right. And then it's like, you get burnt out on that. So, like, when a good one like Hollow Knight comes out, you feel that. So, I, I the same thing happened with roguelikes for me, whereas, mm-hmm. like, Dead Cells was dope. Right. But so many of them, like Wizard of Legend and like mm-hmm. Moonlighter and all these other games come out. That it just they lose some kind of appeal to me, right? The re- another reason why I got this is because I really want to get Hades. Okay, so Hades looks like a good one that I will like, but the, because it also has right. story, right? But what I'm saying is like that's not planned to come out until like later this year, like probably fall of this year. I can hold out. I will wait. 
So I, I just I just wanted to pick up something that I could play that would be similar for mm. for right now, so I don't buy Hades. <laughs> and, and you should have just bought Hades, Matt. I feel, oh. but I want to get that story. I, I don't want to play it when there's story. not story. What yeah, it has some now? Yeah, but like, I might as well wait when the game is complete. Yeah, but if you get it, then I can ask you about it, so <laughs> I don't have to get it. Okay? Yeah, or I inspire you to get it. Yeah. I know. I'm probably gonna leave the podcast and go buy this fucking game because I want to play a roguelite, mm-hmm. and Splunky Two is gonna come out sometime mm-hmm. this year. But I don't want to wait. I don't want to play these ones that I find to, that seem like mediocre, like Wizard of Legend and right. these other ones. So I, don't I know. wouldn't say this like has a fun combat system. It's just it does, very but it's the same thing. Like I bought uh, a roguelike called Flint Hook last mm-hmm. year, and I like it for the first couple hours, but right. then I burn out, and I just end up thinking like this may have been a better game if it did not have these weird permadeath mechanics. Right. And I, Wizard of Legend seems like another game where the combat looks really good. Yeah. And it might be better served if it did not have these mechanics that they're basing it around. Right. So, I, I don't know. It's, yeah, it it's is cool that that type of game has made a return. Mm-hmm. I feel like it might be being over overblown a little bit. Like, right. there was a point where I was very so sick of 2D platformers. Mm-hmm. And then I... That still be the market is being oversaturated, but now I only pay attention when good games like Celeste come out. You know what I mean? So right. It's a it's a weird toss up. Right. It's cool that there are so many more games available to play now. Like mm-hmm. there's just anything you can think of you could play, but it also leads to so many things are coming out that so you just get kind of bogged down by how much there is, and they might not all be the best. Mm-hmm. Yeah, for me, like, I'm just, like, I played Dead Cells, and that was really my first roguelite that I actually really got into, so, like, this is just, like, my second one, and I I will say, it's not as good as Dead Cells, I mean, that's... Oh, no, I mean, it's gonna take a lot for that, in my opinion, I think. (laughs) Yeah. So, I think Dead Cells kind of ruined that for a little bit. (laughs) Right. So, but, like, this at least, like, is, like, I think Tuesday night, I had the Epic Store open... And I just had, like, um, Hades just, like, opened up. And I was just looking at it going, should I buy this? Should I buy this? I, and I almost did. I was... I can't... I, so I want to so bad. Mm. I can't right now. Because Kingdom Hearts 3 comes out Monday. I'll be playing the shit out of that. And you have Unruly then, Heroes. Apparently Unruly Heroes <laughs> came out, and I want to play that. Mm-hmm. But I'm currently playing Vesperia, which I won't right. be done with. So even when I'm done with Kingdom Hearts, I should play that. Mm-hmm. But Wargroove comes out February 1st, right. and I want to play that. And then Nintendo's really twisting the knife, because I wanted Yokai Watch 3 last year, Matt. But it comes out February 7th. So fuck me, I guess. I'll be playing those three things. Kingdom Hearts 3, Yokai Watch 3, and Wargroove. How am I going to fit in Unruly Heroes and then also beat Vesperia? And then if I get Hades, I'm toasted. How are you going to play Crackdown? <laughs> I won't. That's fine. All right. So that's what we have been playing. I would like for this podcast to be about two hours this time. So our third part, I, we were just going to talk about Kingdom Hearts a little bit in general. So right. I will try to go for like 15 minutes here. Well, if I get a little bogged right. down with it, we'll see how it pans out. Yes, I just kind of wanted to ask. I don't care about Kingdom Hearts, but I know you're excited. I'm yeah. sure we have listeners that are 
equally excited about or maybe even more excited about kingdom hearts so like i just kind of wanted to get like what are you hoping to see here so i let me just preface something about kingdom hearts first this is a franchise that i think is very easy to not get to not understand its appeal and it is one of those things where i think a lot of adults currently don't understand why people of our age got so attached to Harry Potter. Right. And it is because it is one of those things where you are exposed to it at a certain age and it like hits the right chords with you and you grow up with it. Right. And then it sticks with you. So like Harry Potter, that definitely happened with our generation. Oh, because like, like people our age, like we grew up with Harry Potter as the, I mean, they were basically the same age as us. Yes. And so... I can't quite say that with Kingdom Hearts because Sora didn't age between Kingdom Hearts 2 and 3. But I remember seeing the original concept for Kingdom Hearts. And I was someone who grew up on a lot of Disney movies and mm-hmm. I liked Disney movies. But I also was cool and liked Final Fantasy at the same time. So I personally would be, if I had to choose one or the other, I would say I like Final Fantasy more than I like Disney personally. Just because J- JRPGs are my shit, right? Mm-hmm. Like, I love playing JRPGs. And so when my favorite company, period, at that time, Squaresoft, was like, hey, we have this game, we partnered with Disney, and it is a game that mixes Disney and Kingdom Hearts, mm-hmm. or D- Disney and Final Fantasy, with this new world, and we're calling it Kingdom Hearts. And it is not like a turn-based game, it is more action, and... I thought that was a really cool concept and the budget at that time was super high. It was just an interesting concept of something that had never been done before. And so you play, I played it then. Well, not necessarily then I told my friend Cody to buy it because I didn't have a PS2. And so I would play it at his house. And then when I got my PS2, I played the shit out of it. I played kingdom hearts two. I've played all the kingdom hearts games, uh, up to this point, except for two of the ones that were on DS, but I know the plot. So, Kingdom Hearts 1 started off as this pure thing, and the reason that it came to be was, uh, in Japan, Squaresoft and the Japanese branch of Disney were in the same office, and basically two people met in the elevator and were like, oh man, wouldn't it be cool if we collaborated? And it kind of grew from there to become this huge thing that it is now, and I don't think that they had the grand plans of what Kingdom Hearts has become back then. Because the original Kingdom Hearts game, as I've said before, I recorded a podcast back a billion episodes ago about my feelings of the original Kingdom Hearts and why I personally think it's the best one. And it is because it is a pure distillation of just good versus evil, light versus dark. Right. And it uses a lot of like melodramatic stuff about your heart and the darkness in your heart and all the shit. And like when you're fucking 13, dude, mm-hmm. it's deep. It is the deepest thing you can possibly imagine, and I loved it. And at that time, like, obviously I still liked anime then, mm. and it is, like, kind of got that weird melodramatic anime feel to it. But also it was a JRPG, so I was mm. way into it, and I like Disney stuff, and it, it came together at the perfect time for me. Right. And so then Kingdom Hearts 2 came out, and it was also, like, I was at the right age range for that to hit me. Riku was fucking edgy as shit. I was an angsty teen. Like, it it just hit at the exact right time for me. And so then the more they kept doing and tacking on to it, I, 
I don't like using this as an example, but it got a lot more anime. And by that, I am using it as something to say instead of it is so fucking convoluted. I don't want to interrupt you, but I saw a tweet that just made me burst out loud. And it was apparently through all of the games, the protagonist and the antagonist have never met. Apparently the antagonist was in the same room as Sora at some point, but Sora was unconscious. It depends how you want to look at it. In theory, they have met. In theory. So I guess it's like, I guess the tweet was like the protagonist have ne- has never met the antagonist or something. Yes. And I just burst out laughing because there's been like how many games? Uh, okay. Seven, Hold up. eight? Kingdom Hearts 1. Chain of Memories. Kingdom Hearts 2. Uh... <sighs> Coded. Mm-hmm. 358 over two days. Birth by Sleep. Dream Drop Distance, the mobile game. So technically eight Kingdom Hearts games. If you wanna, if you wanna get crazy mm-hmm. about it, um, nine with Kingdom Hearts three. Uh, yeah, it's hard to explain. Right, I, no, I, I, time travel exists. I I can't get into explaining the plot. No, I just like I just saw that tweet and I was like, huh. I wonder how many video game franchises could get away with. I think that just kind of shows yeah. how convoluted. So, like it that, is. that's my main thing is that original game seems so pure right. and like this simple concept that could have been expanded upon, but they expanded upon it in a way where they added all of these really weird concepts and these characters and like maybe they exist, maybe they don't. What is light? What is dark? Morality? Uh, like all these things, heartless, the unversed, the nobodies, like they're all these terms and everything that makes it seem like the world's worst shown in anime. Okay. And people get caught in this trap all the time where they say like, well, the kingdom hearts plot is convoluted. I'll never be able to understand it. You can understand it. Mm-hmm. It doesn't make it great. It is just something that I have become invested in over time. So, like, I am under no illusion that this is the greatest story ever told. And it is, in fact, kind of corny at times and kind of lame. But I can almost guarantee that I will tear up and or cry during Kingdom Hearts 3. Because it is the culmination of all of these things over the course of literally 17 years. Right. I mean... And that's crazy that this thing that has been around for 17 years and has been like a main focal point of my video game playing for that long is going to, in theory, like close its loop. And so I think that even if Kingdom Hearts 3 comes out and is a piece of shit, which the reviews are saying that's not the case, they're saying it's pretty good, which I'm shocked by. It's a Metacritic of like 90. And it's crazy that that is coming to a close they're gonna keep making kingdom hearts games after this but this arc of it is over right so if i wanted to stop paying attention i could and be cool with it i'm not gonna i would keep playing more of them but it's weird and i get the complaints that people have that they were over so like let's let's take a look at what platforms they were on ps2 game boy advance psp uh ds 3ds uh japanese mobile phones and now current mobile phones they re-released them on ps3 
and PS4. That's across nine different platforms. And now it's coming out on Xbox. And the Kingdom Hearts 3 will be coming out on Xbox as well. Which is insane, because Mm -hmm. not a single other fucking Kingdom Hearts game has ever been on Xbox. So people bitch about that and say it's impossible to retain the story. They're all on PS4 now, so there's no excuse anymore. Mm -hmm. And one of the things that recently has been dragging me nuts is over the past couple days I've seen all these articles or like forum posts about people being like, hey, do you think I can catch up on the Kingdom Hearts lore before Kingdom Hearts 3 comes out? Like, dude, you had literally 17 years to get caught up on the lore. If you wanted to start doing it the week before this game came out, you didn't want to really do it. And your question is disingenuous. And you saying the story is too complex may be true, Mm -hmm. but you can't say that because, like, you didn't even give it a fair shake. No. Um, And, like, I will not defend it in that way. It is very confusing. And in theory, even if you have played them all, there are still concepts that even I don't understand Mm -hmm. after having watched plot summary videos and it is getting out of hand but i can't wait for this game man i what the only thing that i want from kingdom hearts 3 is for me personally to be satisfied by the conclusion of the main character sora's journey Mm -hmm. i want to have them close the book on this character in a way that i can feel like this journey was worth it for him as a character and I don't know that they're going to do that properly. Now, is this ending going to... Is it supposed to be like a Yakuza ending where it's like, this is the end of this protagonist story? That is what it seems like to me. Because okay. Tetsuya Nomura, the, the director of these games, had constantly been saying that it is the end of Sora's arc, who is the main character of the franchise. Um... I personally think that Sora would stay in the games and that they are trying to get rid of the the antagonist Xehanort. Um, and I've, I've seen... I'm not going to get into some of the leaks that I've seen about what the secret ending might imply and things like that. Well, uh, The other crazy thing is those reviews, they haven't even seen the ending. The secret ending. Well, like the epilogue. And the epilogue, yeah. Um... So, just for people who don't even know what Kingdom Hearts it is, it's basically just like an action game, and you level up, and you get skills, and you do more damage to the enemies. Uh, it is a an action JRPG. Yeah. Uh, that is, and the worlds are primarily based based on, on Disney, Disney Disney movies and franchises. Yes. Which... So what's weird is Kingdom Hearts one, two, and Birth by Sleep and Dream Drop Distance are based on classical Disney movies Mm -hmm. from, like, I don't know, like, the 50s, 60s, all the way up to, like, the mid-90s. So, like, Pinocchio, Lion King, Alice in Wonderland, stuff like that. Whereas Kingdom Hearts 3 doesn't have any of those classic franchises and focuses more on new stuff. So, like, Tangled, Wreck-It Ralph, Ratatouille, Toy Story, Pirates of the Caribbean... Like, there are no real, like, Frozen. classic Disney cartoons, per Winnie se, the, in this one. Winnie the Pooh's in it. Winnie the Pooh, I guess. And, like, if you want to get, you know... Mickey. Mickey or... and Donald and Goofy, right? Right. But the, I, don't, I don't count that because they're, they're just primary characters in the Kingdom Hearts plot at this point. They're not, like, those stories. So, it's weird because mm-hmm. I feel like if you're just, like, that huge hardcore Disney fan this one might not do it for you in the same way that the other ones did. Mm-hmm. Cause like, you're not going to see Aladdin with his original voice actor. Like you did in the other ones or like Her- Hercules is the closest you get, I guess. 
in Kingdom Hearts 3. Yes. Uh, and he that's been in every Kingdom Hearts game, literally, I think. Um, yeah, because there's Monsters, Inc. Um, there's a lot more Pixar in this game. Yeah, a lot more Pixar, because Tetsuya Nomura, the director, actually said that he would not do the game if they did not let him have Toy Story this time. <laughs> wow. If he could not have Toy Story, he had no interest in making another one. Um, and so they said, okay, cool. And I guess that's one of the things that made this game a little bit more challenging for them to make because I guess working with Pixar was not a pain in the ass for them. It seemed like in the interviews it was just more of they actually cared about the characters and what was going on, so they did a lot more collaboration. So going back and forth, mm. it took more time. Uh, did you hear... Do you want to hear like what you do in that world or no i would i would rather i want to be surprised about this so i have basically stopped going on youtube Mm -hmm. because now i'm getting recommended reviews of this game and streamers already have it and it's out in japan and normally surface level spoilers about games like this don't do it for me Mm -hmm. but i so desperately need to see the conclusion of this game that i'm going to consume it as fast as possible so that i cannot be spoiled um so like i'm gonna stream the whole thing but i'm going to have my chat and emo only mode so no one can be a dickhead and come into my stream and be like hey guess what happens at the end and i'm gonna turn off follower notifications so that someone with the name like sora dies at the end can't follow me or whatever and i don't know you know what i mean and i one that's just an experiment i just want to see how it pans out Mm -hmm. and if people actually watch but i also just want like a i have video proof of this series ending Mm -hmm. like it seems so mystical that it is coming out and it seems like the gap between kingdom hearts uh two to this is huge because it's over a decade right but there were so many games in between that that you can't really say that now those Uh, other games did they have disney titles as well they all had disney characters in them okay every single one okay Uh, so I don't know, man, and I I wonder, because I, I think that this game is going to sell very well, and I also feel that people will see the ads and be like, oh, I love Disney, let me get mm. in on this. Fucking, there could not have been a worse time for you to jump in on a franchise. This would be like, I watch One Piece, which is a shonen anime, mm-hmm. they're in episode 870 right now. That's like watching the current episode of One Piece and being like, I don't get it. What's happening? Like, yo, dog, you missed 870 episodes or 869 episodes prior to this one. Of course, you know what the fuck is going on. There are eight games in this franchise. Right. There's seven, excluding this one. You're not going to have any idea. Like, you will see the plot of Big Hero 6 and be like, oh, I like that. Then when fucking... Sora's talking to Vanitas. You're gonna be like, "Who's this? Why do I care? What's his heart's in his heart? What's go? Who's what's a nobody? Who's who's a heartless?" It, there is so much going on in it that it is really weird. Mm-hmm. But it is even more strange to me to see people like me who are so passionate about Kingdom Hearts. Like, I it it brings out like people go ape shit for this stuff, and I am one of those people who is willing to admit that this franchise is weird. Mm. It is probably, the plot is more complicated than it needs to be, but it is enjoyable. Right. People defend this shit to the death. Like, Tetsuya Nomura is a god amongst men, 
and we should never make fun of the fact that Riku's belly button was showing in his outfit in Kingdom Hearts 2 or that he may have a belt and zipper fetish or whatever. Like, people get so defensive about this franchise. Like, I don't get it. Like, it's a fun, goofy right. thing. And people just, like, get so upset. Like, more than mm. any other game franchise I've ever seen, people get, like, violently angry if anyone even deigns to say that the plot is convoluted or complex, <laughs> which, like, you know, it is. Right. Um, but, I mean, that's that's not a bad thing. It's not an inherently bad thing. I, I mean, I it is now, I think, I, which is why I'm, I hope that this just, like, resets the whole thing a little bit. Can they? Can they go sort back? of, okay. sort of. I think that it will be a very different thing if it continues going forward. Um, because I always think of like Uncharted Four, and it's like that game at its peak is at its best if you played all the others. Because uh-huh. like, I mean, like you. But could, it could that game could stand alone. Done, right, right. This game could Pro- not. Probably not. No. I have seen the trailers. It cannot. Unless those are really bad trailers. No. <laughs> Fucking, dude, there are characters who died six games ago in this trailer. But I won't know it. Exactly. And <laughs> that's what's crazy. Is like Sora is fucking talking to Marluxia. And he wouldn't, in the context of the plot, wouldn't have remembered that he met Marluxia, who is alive. But Marluxia remembers him. And he should be dead. And it... It doesn't even make sense to me. So you, as an innocent bystander who has never seen this, would be even more confused than me, who has played them all. Is there a possibility that that, that conversations happen? And I don't even have those contexts, so I'll be less confused. No, I don't think so. Or, like, why would there be three fucking different versions of Riku? There are three versions of Riku in this game, Matt. The real version of Riku, everyone's favorite edge boy... Uh, a data version that was made of him in a computer that somehow was uh, got out of the computer, mm-hmm. and then a clone of him called Replica Riku that one of the Organization 13 made. Mm. Okay? What the fuck? In one of the trailers, mm-hmm. there's literally a scene of Riku fighting the Replica version of himself. <laughs> I don't think we can go down this path. We can't, but that, that's what I'm saying. Like, there is no there is no world in which someone is like... I, I was playing devil's advocate. I know, I know, bit. but it's crazy. It's like mm. when people... I, sometimes I get it. Like, if someone comes into a thread about Final Fantasy 15 mm-hmm. and they've never played a Final Fantasy game, and they're like, if I can I play this one? If I haven't played the other ones, will I understand it? And you could be like, yes. Because Final Fantasy, each one is a completely different universe. The like, number is meaningless. Like Dragon Age. Yeah. But you, there I are some hope. games where it's like you you cannot you cannot do that. And this is one of those franchises. Like you can no longer understand you can no longer understand it. Right. Do you think this is more like uh Metal Gear Solid. Where it is like... way more like Metal Gear Solid, yes. Okay. And it, it drives me nuts to keep seeing people being like, can I play Kingdom Hearts 3? Can I just mm. jump in? And it also feels kind of disingenuous to me recently that a lot of people I have seen have never played it and are like going through all of them really quickly to be able to play Kingdom Hearts 3 to like be in the zeitgeist. Mm-hmm. And it just feels kind of weird because it's like... 
well, you don't actually, you weren't, you don't care about this franchise. You're doing it to get the sweet, sweet Twitch views or whatever. Right. And I mean, that's fine. People do that all the time, but yeah. it's just something I notice more as someone who fucking played it as a 13 year old. You know what I mean? And is super invested. Like I was, I'm reading a book about Kingdom Hearts 2 right mm-hmm. now. Um, yeah, I, it is wild that this franchise will be coming to what is a conclusion. Right. And I guarantee this. I will be there at 9 p.m. on Monday to pick this up, and I will be done with it by the time we have our next podcast. It's only going to be a 30 to 50 hour. It is hour. like 30 to 50 hour experience, yeah. even if I think I want 100% it. Uh, so I will 100% be done with it, so I will be able to give full breakdown on next podcast. Uh, you may be done with it by next Friday. I know. That's a possibility. <laughs> Especially with how much I'm going to play it. Yeah, that's because so, I know you're planning on playing it for like 12 hours straight that first night. So. Basically, so... You will be at worst like a, a fifth of the way through the game. <laughs> yeah, basically. So we'll, we'll, see, mm-hmm. we'll see how it pans out. But I, I personally am very excited. I, I thought it was going to get like mid to high 60s on Metacritic. Mm-hmm. And the fact that it is at 89 right now is actually crazy to me yeah because this is the kind of thing where critics would not they usually wouldn't be this kind to a game but i mean maybe it is the combat is just that fun and holds up i i like kingdom hearts combat but it can be kind of mashy but maybe it is just fun maybe the spectacle of it is that good that critics are just super Mm -hmm. charmed by it and i i hope that is the case i hope that i started up and i get that warm fuzzy feeling in my heart and then I can just be happy the whole way, playing through it. Last question, and then we should probably wrap yeah, it yeah. up before you go off on another 30-minute round. Oh, about. yeah, I could. Because <laughs> we've already done more than you yeah, wanted yeah, to. Yeah, yeah. Um, how long do you think before you actually go into a Disney World? Oh, instantaneously. Oh. I, know, I know the answer to this. Oh, okay, you do. Because at the end of the 3DS game, which is, this happens moments after, I believe... Uh, Sora has lost all of his power and ability, and he is sent to go train with Hercules uh, to get his power back. And so I am told by the review I watched earlier on IGN that unlike the previous game, Kingdom Hearts 2, there is not the world's slowest opening, and you actually start fighting like right away with Hercules. Uh, So that's pretty cool. I I am excited. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, it seems like it is not as slow a start, and you have a Disney World right away immediately. Mm-hmm. So yeah, which as I said, like I, I at one point I was kind of curious about this game because I wanted to play Pirates of the Caribbean. Yeah, don't be, don't and do the, don't be that, don't be that person. Instead, I've decided that I'm probably gonna pick up uh, Black Flag. Yeah, Black Flag yeah, rules. Yeah, so what it, it's a good Assassin's Creed game. Yeah. You should. Um, so I, I'm probably going to play that in the next couple weeks. Yeah. Instead. Yeah, I I think that I would think be a good idea. A better idea than getting getting uh, getting this to play Pirates of the Caribbean. Uh-huh. <laughs> so. Yeah, so that'll do it for us here, yes. I think. Um, as always, the theme song is Sting Operation by the band Anamanaguchi. They're a great chiptune band. You should check them out if you have not yet. Um, and that's all I got for this week. We will yeah. see you in two weeks. Where we will maybe have like a really big Kingdom Hearts God, 3 breakdown. Where I will be able to talk all about Kingdom Hearts 3. Hopefully I will have played Wargroove. 
do you we don't really have anything planned would you want to do a spoiler cast i don't know okay i don't know that i would be able to spoil it appropriately okay so like i it it's going to be just you oh yeah so so i i don't know that we need to do that so i don't know if if you're going to be raring and itching enough you'd want to like really talk about it in depth no i don't know about that one okay if I did, I would have to bring Scott in or something to, which Scott probably won't really it. fuel off me on that one. Uh, but I, d- I don't think we should do that. No. Okay. I can't talk about Kingdom Hearts any more than I will talk about it, just on a base level. So. All right. So we'll. Yeah. We'll... Thank you guys for listening. We will see you in two weeks. Peace out. <laughs>